4: This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Hi, this is Kenny Omega We're
2: listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know
1: what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this midweek edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, and here with me I have Rich Lada. What is going on, man?
4: chilling man Um uh, ready to talk about brian danielson and the best bout machine ice good.
1: yeah right, that's kind of where we have to start uh but first we have a first time guest on the show rob gatz of social suplex and a lot of other things that we will not mention or get to <laughs> until, until he wants to plug it himself what's going on my man
3: <laughs> what's good man It's your boy gatz G A T doll sign don't get the doll sign um i'm so happy to be here this is fun I'm excited. The last time I was a the podcast with James, I got caught up with bullshit, so I was not able to end, So um, this is great. This is I'm excited. I'm cheesed.
4: Yeah, man, long time coming uh, for guests coming on the show. Like it, it just it already should have happened. It just like yeah, didn't for whatever reason. But uh, yeah, glad to have you here, man. And we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about.
1: Yeah. So uh, just in general, we're going to start. We're going to talk about. Uh, last night's show for AEW Dynamite, the Grand Slam show. Um, and then we'll preview uh, uh, WWE Extreme Rules that is on Sunday. We, uh, we brought Rob because he's like one of the last of us that's still watching uh, the main roster. We definitely, definitely, definitely need our handheld to be guided through uh, that kind of uh, territory, that kind of uh, terrain to be able to cover this. And um, we'll discuss that. And then after that, uh, we'll get plugs from him and then we'll... Um, then transition onto uh, the the final night of uh, the Stardom Five Star Grand Prix. Um, so yeah, like you know, let's, let's get to it so we can talk about Dynamite from last night. And man, um, it, you have to say it's a great show because you got a great match. Uh, like the other stuff after that, really didn't matter. But I, uh, man, it was it like the atmosphere, the crowd. Uh, it looked like WrestleMania in there. It really did um the ramp the, Daniel Bryan coming out there it was awesome it was just awesome
4: yeah man I I was really impressed like this is like uh first time AW's in New York City of course that holds its own you know historical reasons of significance we got you know my two favorite wrestlers ever at this point uh Bryan Danielson Kenny Omega absolute classical like the spaghetti sauce um and then, like you said, the rest of the show just kind of fell into place after that, but there's also something else on the show like I have uh some written out and prepared to discuss talk about cody uh, I'm definitely gonna clip this uh and, and pop it on the youtube channel and and try to circulate this because i I think I cover a lot and I just wanted to have my thoughts organized on it but um, yeah, loved the show last night definitely that that opener was like five star match like classic i it's gonna be the the start of like a uh you know, hopefully, a, a a defining series.
1: Yeah, Rob. So, so what do you think, We go.
3: Through? I, I agree. Um, I think that Daniel Bryanson was, Bryan was able to put on the best TV match of this year after putting on the best TV match of this year already. Um, I think that his his leaving with Roman Reigns was probably the best thing that we were going to see on TV until he wanted to show his ass last night Um, and trumped that. I personally have it as my third best match of the year, just in totality of what I've seen. The only two matches that I feel made me feel anything more than what I saw last night was Bianca and Sasha, which I mean, I was there. So I have a lot of, you know, emotional bias to it as well. Um, And then uh, Walter. And and Dragon off that match was just nuts. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, other than those two matches, I haven't seen anything that could hold a candle to what I saw last night. It was an absolute match classic. Um, just some of the things that Omega did in the match. Um, the the V triggers the the brutality of it all. Just being able to see Brian back in that element of not being protected obviously we know that he's worked a more protective style since uh his suspension was lifted not a retirement suspension um and to see him kind of go balls to the wall was at times scary but uh it was a beautiful match beautiful match so yeah yeah i am yeah. ex- ex- talk about it and get into it
4: yeah man so i guess we can just jump right into it uh, yeah so, unless james you got my mouth
1: yeah i mean I'm, you know i'm here for the, for the breakdown i'll try to be really quick because there's a third person on here but yeah um just match starts with just um incredible uh battle of chops uh and then daniel bryan adds with his chops and pairs it with his kicks his mid kicks um it, it, it was just, it was just so good, and they took their time, and it was paced perfectly, like uh, for what they were going for. They were going for a thirty-minute draw. And you knew, it, you felt that they were going long. It didn't feel like they were about to just all of a sudden crank it out. They felt like they were in a, in a good fourth gear uh, for the from from the bell from bell to bell, and um, it never felt like they were trying to give you the best match they could have. They're saving that, but what they gave you is like goddamn right. Um, so from, uh. Then they start teasing the high spots. Uh, they start teasing like they're going to do the dragon sleeper. Uh, Brian ends up hitting the, the um, off the top rope. Uh, then they end up doing with uh, Daniel Bryan ends up getting his uh, his backdrop off the top rope. They eventually do do the uh, the flip over dragon uh, suplex off the top rope. or uh, Dan- er, Omega saving his view triggers for late um, kick start go- kick going off. They end up on the outside. Uh, Omega basically climbs all the way up the ramp after getting it on top, and then like hits like a just jumping V trigger to the ropes from um, like forty feet away. It was awesome, or fifty feet Great away. Great style. Yeah, yeah move them away went further, but you get, but d- definitely invokes that. Um, then they get back in and they start going back and forth and this, and they, and they end up going to a draw. And the thing that I liked about it was it wasn't a draw where it's like somebody was actually beaten. It was, there was way, there was more match happening and they were in the middle of it, throwing back and forth. And then the bell rang and action ended. Um, that's one of the best ways in, in in draws. I've seen a lot of them watching Stardom over the last uh, <laughs> year. So, like, I know what a good draw looks like. So, that was definitely uh, a smart decision is instead of having Brian having him, you know, having Omega holding on for dear life until uh, uh, until the bell rang. Like, just keep it going and then we'll see eventually we'll get a winner in the next 30 or whatever else after that. So, I thought, it, I thought just an incredible match. I'm not um, I've been watching a lot of freaking, um, Grand Prix, so, like, I'm kind of tainted by, like, you know, I, I watch a great match that goes for 30 minutes, and that's great, like, I've seen matches with, like, higher pace action that have been going, like, 15 or 12 minutes, and quite frankly, like, the high end of it is higher than what they did, so, like, I'm kind of skewing it, so, like, a lot of people are giving it five, I'm not blaming people for going five on that, I gave it four and three quarters, and a four and three quarters of me now that I'm jaded by watching so much fucking wrestling every single, every single week, like, that still puts it in, like, one of the five or somewhere in the top 10 best matches i've seen this year like that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at right now so anyone giving it five i'm probably being a a reigning nazi i'll probably belong a grapple
4: (laughs) yeah man um i like rob said uh it was a beautiful match like and i i agree like i was just from the perspective of like yo like who held it down early last decade and then like who kind of closed out the decade for me personally. I never thought we'd see this match and they came in and the story kind of from last week that carried over was, you know, I saw that look on Kenny's face when uh, Danielson essentially laid his dick down in front of him and was like, Hey, uh, you gonna hold my dick essentially. And Kenny was like, no, like essentially like I'm, you know, I have pride too, you know, and, I you know I am the best, and it was like two guys that just came from different places uh, have converged, and it's like it felt to me like a, like a Wrestle Kingdom main event. Um, felt like a little bit to me like Omega and Tanahashi. Um, what the the spirit that I saw in Brian Danielson, like in his eyes, like I've I've never seen that as Daniel Bryan, um, and this match kind of crystallized to me that Daniel Bryan is dead. Like, and this guy is like a whole new like guy and um, I, I loved every second of it. Like like you said, the impeccable pace, um, just like as uh, dangerous as quote unquote things were, right? Kenny Omega was protecting him almost every second of the, w- every step of the way. I saw people like trying to, trying to do the safety uh, police no. thing and I was just like, uh I I was wondering what they were talking about. But. This wasn't some super dangerous match. This
1: was yeah. like so I can I look I can I can show you a number of Shiri matches from uh the last like s- three months where he's where she's dropping people on he- on her on their head on their and on their necks with emerald flosions. This is this was not none of that. Or kicking their heads off a bus while kids be protected.
3: This was this was not that. Big year like, not- <laughs> watch Nia Jack's masses. <laughs>
1: well, I think I think the part where where it's her is like, well, that is unpredicted. That is un un uh, uh what's the word? Um, unplanned, unagreed un- upon, unplanned things that go wrong, as opposed to like when it's um Naito and Ibushi from a couple years ago when there is like so- something went like an inch wrong, but they were pl- absolutely planning on doing a neck a neck bump on the on the apron uh so yeah you know that's a, that's different. difference like now nah it's like that's reckless like them was like nah they agreed to it in, to that kind of uh ridiculousness um i but you know yeah i i watched that match and to me um to be quite honest with you i felt like it was a perfect marriage of what i've seen from both of them for the last decade um this what that you know when people talk about is someone gonna have a daniel Bryan match or somebody gonna have a um a kenny omega match i've seen i know what a kenny omega match feels like i know what a dang o'brien match feels like a Daniel Bryan match feels like wrestlemania 35 against kofi kingston where he's working his ribs and then has kofi overcome that over time um same thing when he's wrestling on Cole uh later that year at um when he uh when they had to say when NXT had to save that episode of smackdown because the dudes were hit because uh the, the plane was missing parts quote unquote so right right like it felt like a perfect marriage. It felt like, you know, quite honestly, like Omega's last match, um, in the, in the Tokyo dome against Tanahashi, like where it's like two people's, two people's have philosophies and and, then how, how a match is supposed to go. And then like they met halfway and it was seamless. It like, it was like they're going to have a better match eventually, but like their chemistry is just instantaneously there.
4: Yeah. Like, and, and when this was done and this is, this is no shade. And you know, we've, you know we've broken down the you know the, the hangman i wasn't thinking at all about hangman page after this match and i don't and to be honest if you guys want to keep it funky with yourselves i'm sure you weren't either
3: no i i, w- I was thinking about hangman um i definitely was thinking about hangman because was it decided a- for
1: him I,
3: yes <laughs> um, okay it was a- let's
1: let's it touch was a- on that then
3: exactly that um so my my issue and i was gonna i was gonna get into this um um i'm happy that daniel bryan had, or bryan had a match with kenny omega it's a match that should have happened um rich you and me we've talked at links about different things that wwe did wrong with daniel bryan with mm-hmm. the fact that, you know when daniel bryan came back it was like okay there's these feuds that we can put him into. And we do, we saddle him with a feud with KO and Sammy Zayn. Uh, okay, sure, all right, but whatever. And then they put him in a feud with Big Cass. And we're like, okay, but really? And then, and then you turned him heel. And then while wow, we ended up getting a revelation with Brian. Brian Anderson being healed. Like he was great at the role. There's no reason he should have been healed. There's just none. There's there's Correct. really none. And then when you finally get to a point to where it's like, okay, we have Roman Reigns as a heel. We have Daniel Bryan. Let's get to the point. This is the time. <laughs> yeah. the time. And we stretched it out to the point to where we were really truly robbed of a, a a, a complete feud of Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns there's no reason for that that was that was a failure um i feel like AEW may have missed the bullet with Hangman and Omega because now since we've booked Daniel Bryan with Omega and we've seen that Daniel Bryan is the probably the best person to dethrone him we want that and these months and months and months of long-term booking have now possibly been squandered because who cares about Paige? Do you?
1: Well, this is what I'll say, right? And when I look at, obviously, New Japan is not a w and vice versa. But when I looked at before the pandemic hit, before the pandemic hit, like, you look at the IWGP, heavyweight title or world heavyweight title and you just felt like that was just the best thing going in like only a certain number of people over those years or you know, like the five years that we, were, that, that we were watching new japan at that time were ever going to win it like so like i never envisioned a time that shingle was actually ever going to win it i never thought that issue was ever going to win it, and i still don't even now i never thought that fucking evil was going to win it of course um, and I thought that like, if Jay White won it, then like, he's going to have to fight like hell to get, after he loses it quickly to get it back ever. Right. Um, Osprey, I thought like he was going to get it. It was going to be another coordination similar to like in a long chase, similar to Omega's chase. Right. Um, like, but for that, to for the title to matter like that, you have to have people that people believe in come up short. And before Daniel Bryan and, or Brian Danielson and, um, CM punks. I know tiny t- probably might listen to the show and be like, I, I, I J- James <laughs> just told me he fucks this up. But, um, when, when Brian and punk show up, the landscape changes in the, like the, in the, the chase to get to that, like the mountaintop just got even higher. Like you just went from Everest to Mount Olympus. So, um, I'm not saying that they need to pull the plug on Adam page. I'm saying that if they still plan on him eventually uh, gr- being groomed to be champion, like they had had it been before, they're going to have to put together something and a run to get him to that level to then actually really earn it. Um, and like he had the storyline in place, he had the, the opponent in place, but the thing that was holding him back for me narratively was like, what is this dude's drive and determination? And how is that inspiring, inspiring? How would I want to get behind him for him to do that? And for me, it was always missing. And it didn't mean that it couldn't be filled in, but it had to be to where he has to start doing, uh, you know, he had already done the POC stuff, but he had to start, do, I guess, going back to that with like Malachi Black or Cody or Moxie, whoever else to kind of get him like some, ur- something besides being tied or, or stapled to kenny omega or the young bucks on his own quote unquote to kind of say that like this dude is proving and deserving he's gone out here and done it like nobody has these kind of questions about darby allen for example right because they ain't even about the about star power of uh bringing in former uh you know SummerSlam main eventers and stuff right but for him it was always that part was lacking and people are gonna love him when he comes back and that's great but he is coming back to a completely different landscape from what he left, and it's always an adjustment when someone gets injured or leaves or what have you to come back to that unless they are literally the best. Like, Jon Moxley went on pater- uh, paternity leave and came back because he's the fucking best in this company. At this, like, or the, He's a 1A level performer on this, or 1A, 1B level performer on this company. Well,
4: he's a made man.
1: Right. Like, he is, like, he could be the champion, like, he, you look at the short list of people that could be champion of Kenny Omega towards ACL right now. He's on it right, just immediately, like, from the, being able to carry the company with promos, have, build towards big programs, have a match that's good enough to where people will love it, or whatever else, like, he's absolutely on that list, Kenny Omega's on that list, Jericho was on that list, he's older now, um, then you go from there, like, Daniel Bryan, uh, Brian, uh, CM Punk example, Darby, we kind of believe it right now, MJF, we kind of believe it right now, Hangman is missing that, and because he also doesn't, he's also not much for talking for himself as a promo, like some of these answers need to be filled in for then people to for people to then fully buy in behind him. Aside from feeling like he comes out and the crowd's super hot for him, for him, but he doesn't sell merch at a certain level. He he's rarely ever main evented except for when he's tied to the unbugs Kenny Omega. Like this is now the time for him to show and prove. And if he does make it, it'll make the journey all the more sweet when he eventually does if he doesn't it'll still show you it'll still give you uh the fi- or the feeling that like the title is such a uh is such an achievement to get in a w um i'm sorry we am going for so long mentioning mentioned it but like for nah, me that's you, how i you see you it pretty much I, can... other people see it up differently than like
4: that's fine but i'll i'll, I'll throw this into like like once punk and brian come in the the dream matches and the, the money matches for them are with kenny um as the champion. So like right. these are people that if you know, like if Paige happens to win the belt after these people were put down, the belt's only bigger at that point. And, you know, his paternity leave I think has to be factored into this. Um they gave him the horseman style beatdown, which to me is a flashing light uh, and flashing sign that he's gonna come back for every person that like put boots on him. And like James said, I think one day like, you know, early next year, uh maybe even double or nothing next year. Uh, people be you know having their their their, their um <laughs> their fucking bandanas ready, but they definitely need um a Malachi Black to put him over. They definitely need him to fight a Moxley because that was always my yeah, biggest but- thing. It's like, what has he done without the Elite? Like, and it, it, it's like you know, Team Taz. He beat Brian Cage.
3: Uh, he beat Matt Hardy.
2: Uh, yeah, but but people were
3: hot for that match. People were hot for that match. Um, and I was I really did dig that match he had with Cage. Um, And, in, you know, it showed that people are willing to get behind him. I would like for Paige to come back and just, like, murder everybody that jumped him, a la, like, The Shield did that one episode when they, like, the authority was like, yo, we're going to put a bounty on you guys. And they literally just spent the whole show just, like, dumping people into trash cans. I need hmm. Paige to do that to the lead. I just need him to, like, 1v1 all of them. <laughs> and in in a very cool fashion, over the course of, like, a few weeks, like just one person, uh, uh, one person a week, um, and yeah, he's gonna have to go through a Moxley and go through probably a Daniel Bryan, um, uh, in order to really cement that he's ready for the world title. Um, I do believe that he is the best person to beat Kenny, just because, we're, if we're gonna commit to long term booking, we need to commit to the long term booking. Um, yeah. But it's like I get a little, you know, worrisome after watching a match like last night, because like, why wouldn't you run that back? Why wouldn't you want to continue that? You know, when there's such great wrestling at hand.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And the the thing that I think people are overlooking is their match, Kenny Omega and Hangman from I think that was I think it was full gear beginning of like the opener for full gear last year. Yeah. Full
4: gear 2020.
1: Yeah, that match was awesome. It just went short, and like they packed in a bunch of things they knew they were going short. Like there is absolutely a one of the uh, all time AEW match in them for when it's the time and the place for it, and if and it just hasn't happened yet. Like and for me, because they've been so good at booking, I haven't I have faith in them that they will eventually get to that at some point. So like that's kind of where I'm on it. In quite frankly, there's only two bookers I believe in right now at this point in a, in the world. So it's like you know, like so for me, even have faith in them, to, faith in them to, to say, feel like you're eventually going to get to it. You know, like maybe I'm, maybe I'm just like optimistic. maybe I should, maybe I'm too optimistic compared to everybody else. I don't know.
3: I I don't I don't fault you for that. I um. Maybe I just have p t s d um
1: oh I still do too,
3: you know of uh, just like, oh man, you guys are going to ruin this thing um by doing this other thing um because we've seen it happen time and time and time and time again, you know, um, I put up that poll on Twitter, how many times has triple h gone over at the absolute wrong time? There's a <laughs> lot of those times um. And it's like, obviously the the racism one is the worst, but then like you look at the other three and they're all like close seconds. You know, like you can't have that many close seconds. You know, um, racism is obviously very bad kids, but uh, <laughs> it's like, wow, bro. Like you went over a hot streak Goldberg while you had a groin injury and you wore biker shorts how many times has Triple H worn them bicycle shirts? Like, twice? Twice. You know, wow. it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I look at last night, and there's all, all the more better reason to book it differently now, because we had such a banger. Like, mm-hmm. Triple H didn't need a five-star match to, to just book crazy, you know? um, I So, I get a little worried, but I think you're right. I You know, AEW has done a great job over the course of you know, almost two,
1: two years. years. You know. Um. So. So, uh, so you mentioned. Um, you said like, you're almost asking like, why would he go over and Triple H go over Goldberg when he's wearing bike shorts from groin injury? Now so I'll say, bro, I don't know why you asking me because like. Triple H got Triple H ran me the fuck away from uh W from watching wrestling uh way before it ended when that man went over the rock at WrestleMania 16. That was the dumbest shit I had ever heard. Nope, I'm done. I see you in a decade, uh Vince. That was stupid. So, yeah, like you didn't even mention that one. That was like, wait, so he's a so Triple yeah. H, Triple H is going to be the first heel to ever win at WrestleMania against a black guy. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, tri- oh, okay. So the Rock is going to win the title at the very next pay per view. You fucking idiots!
3: Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. The Triple you doing? H is the, is the king of losing the get back. Like the Triple H would do terrible in gang wars. Like that nigga. Like oh man, yeah, I, I got you. And then like niggas come back and get him for everything. He always loses in the sec the second time around, but he wins things that I just don't get all the time
1: politics as usual um,
3: I, I think the, the the most egregious thing that i ever watched outside of you know triple h obviously um going uh over booker t is uh john moxley's second best singles match in wwe um his first best singles Road match block. is always huh I'm
1: about to say Roblox.
3: yep yeah so um That roadblock match, I was like, I remember when they booked it and I was like, this doesn't really make sense because you have somebody that you know can be a world contender and you're going to put him in a stop block feud with Triple H. Um, It shouldn't be somebody like John Moxley. It should be somebody that we know will lose and should lose. This person shouldn't lose, but he will lose. So this is dumb i I don't want to see this and then the match started and I was like, this is fantastic mm-hmm. like John Moxley worked a very very psychological match where people didn't think that he had technical ability like that and showed out and showed up and then he's lost just <laughs> part oh, <I'm> a pedigree <laughs> and lost and I was like this is Stupid! I'm so mad. I watched
1: this well, match. Well, uh, I mean, he was, he <laughs> should have won the rumble that year, but instead they were like, "No, nah, we got to do Triple H versus Roman in, uh, in uh, Cowboy Stadium," and, they, it, and, and that I, was a mistake. That was a mistake. Yeah. I, I, I lots of stuff I, I, was mistakes on that show. It, it, like, you know what the biggest mistake was? Not in and after the women's uh, tri- uh, triple threat for the uh, Raw women's title. They should yeah. they should have considered like, "Oh, we're good." Great WrestleMania, right guys? Yeah, you like that? Come back next year. They decided, and, nah, you, we need to see Shane versus Undertaker in the, like a forty minute hell in a cell match, however long it felt it felt like forty minutes. Mm-mm, yep.
3: mm-mm. And you know what's you know what's crazy? It's like uh Moxley and Roman had a banger at Survivor Series. Yeah. So they had that, that banger and, and then, they then they
1: cashed on them. They cashed on with Shane. That's
4: the only on... John Moxley and Roman
3: Reigns match. Yeah. Yep. Um and went nine minutes. Yeah, it, it's nuts. It's nuts. And then for Moxley and Triple H to have the banger that they did at Roadblock, I'm like, okay, well Triple H and Roman can't be bad. And then it was <laughs> brother. <laughs> and then it was. See, um, when you book when you book so bad
1: that the crowd like is going to just fight against your match, you've already lost. There's no there's no overcoming it or oh, they're ca- like there are rare cases of overcoming it but most of the time it's a L it didn't matter what yeah. Brock Lesnar and Roman was going to do out uh in wrestle inside the Superdome it wasn't going to happen no nobody was caring about that match they were, we we is not caring boy like that's that's straight what happened beach balls fuck and all the know, weird it's chants it's the Nakamura, wave
3: Gargano. it's weird it's weird man I I think about things that were were wasted in the fire and it's just like um, that was also the year that they gave away the triple threat between Roman, Brock, and and Moxley which was also a banger literally Mm -hmm, everything that was leading up to that Wrestlemania was a banger that has been overshadowed by the shit fest that that Wrestlemania was Mm -hmm. but that's neither here nor there Yeah. Um, yeah Yeah, man. Um we so, get
1: to eight? Yeah. Oh, I forget what happened. We were just PTSD. We were, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, You're
4: sharing trauma, um, sharing trauma. Yeah, that's why. That's why, I, that's why I had to get off that narcotic. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brian Dinsmore, Kenny Omega, all time match, uh classic match. I uh, can't wait for the next one. But moving on, uh MJF defeats Brian Brian Pillman. This was just kind of a match. I thought Pillman would uh show more in this match because he's pretty much been getting better like i like i say every week like this year he's been better but um yeah this was this was just mjf come get you some heat and and get a win back yeah
3: um i think that um and one of the rare booking uh missteps that AEW has had um was booking mjf and jericho i felt like that feud went two matches too long um Mm. and now you kind of have to build mjf up again um and it's just very interesting you know and uh, for for belt's sake he's probably the third biggest skill on you know on AEW programming and i feel like he's a little weak now because he lost that big monumental match um mm. to jericho plus Hubers. so um i fully went to this match like oh yeah brian Philman's definitely taking the l Um, The match itself was was solid. Um, MJF doesn't really do anything for me uh, between the ropes. But, you know, his mic work is impeccable. His character work is impeccable. Um, Wait till you see him in there with like a um,
4: like a like a super worker of his age. He can do everything they can do.
1: Like for like, example, I would say check out this match that he had with uh, with Sammy Guevara and also with Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy match was what the I want to say that was Revolution two thousand twenty. That was double or nothing twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like four and a quarter. Like he is really good with his contemporaries that are like at his level, and he runs multiple styles. Like he can be, like he can, like he can do the freaking, you know, Jerry Lawler. Um, Nick Bockwinkle, Old Man, Jim, you know, doing all the right way, cornet stuff, and then he can also break in and do, like, you know, do modern indie style that you would see at the top of TakeOver card. It just depends on who he's in there with, and um, I like him when he's wrestling younger guys, quite frankly, people that are higher level. Like, he's he's good at that, um, but when he's wrestling other people... It's about him getting his heat. He's going to try to get his eat like he is fucking Jim Cornette. It's up a wrestler, so it's a <laughs> it's it's a t- it's a give and take with him at times. And yeah. I, uh, I
4: think he'll grow on you, like once you see more of him, like in the ring at least. Yeah,
1: like wait till that's- you see
3: what what he all the stuff he had, the clubs in his bag. You'll see. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um, and it's not anything where I feel that he's bad. Um, okay. I, I absolutely do not feel that he's bad. He's a, he's he's definitely talented. Um, and I really don't have any room to say that he's not especially considering the caliber of some of the wrestlers that I enjoy. Yeah. Well, like, look, well.
1: I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I'm just saying, no, no, I'm just saying like you haven't watched much of him. Maybe maybe he does have one of the match that still leaves you cold like Like I'm sure you've watched Young Buck matches and know that like great, but also be like, that's exactly how I feel about the Young Bucks. honestly, like, um, well, I I didn't want to get into a a huge digression about it, but like, that's like the people that don't like like them for the most part that are reasonable. That's kind of how they feel about them. That I've noticed is like they're like they acknowledge like they can do a million things and like all this stuff's cool, but like you just kind of feel like like it's a it's a sugar rush and like maybe I don't want sugar today. Um, yeah, yeah, so but like mjf like he has multiple styles i just say over time you know over time It'll he may grow. grow on you he may grow on you yeah um but, but pillman yeah. so, we're, so rich you you said this before like i never thought pillman necessarily sucked but you watched him a lot more than i have so like where do you, where when you first started watching him where do you think he was and then and now where do you think he is i i didn't
4: think he was a major league pro wrestler as of like last calendar year wow. like if his name was Brian Johnson he wouldn't be in the promotion well, that's uh, true. that's at that true. level but like in this, this sometime earlier this, this year yeah um as he got like you know the earlier yeah, earlier in this year like when he got in there with Miro and um uh-huh. he got in there just kind of like more with griff garrison and they they linked up the, the varsity blondes act mm-hmm. and then you would start seeing like him start trying to find his voice in promos and uh him translating to the ring i just thought it was he's on a like he's finally putting it together to where oh. i'm like okay yeah uh, he, he can hold a spot in the promotion it's not an embarrassment for him to get a match on the show um it, he's not strictly a dark guy um
3: he's not I, charlotte flair but he's also not dominic mysterio correct correct like, um, yeah, um,
4: everybody dumb, hates Mysterio. Dominic
1: Mysterio. <laughs> everybody bro, hates his
4: man. <laughs> bro, there was a, a report where Ray had gave an interview recently. He said, yeah, man, I didn't think initially like he was ready for um, for SummerSlam 2020. And then everybody under the comments was like, Ray was correct. Like, <laughs>
1: like he was not ready.
3: <laughs> he was not. He was not. But, I, I don't think that Dominic is ready now i feel like i i i watch his matches and i'm just like but it it was it was funny because i thought about dominic as i was watching the mjf pillman match and i was like i know that pillman isn't as far along as some of his contemporaries but he shows confidence he shows um fire it's fire it's 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 there It, it, it doesn't feel like he's going through the motions um you know, and and uh, I, I saw the last match that Dominic had against Sami Zayn. They had a best out of three, and he got three 0 And um, it's I'm like no, 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 no <laughs> best of three, and he got three 0
1: Not oh not 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 too old. <laughs> he beat him two old, and then said run it back and beat him a third time. You lying? You're fucking lying.
3: Oh my god. I am not. I I kid you not. Unless oh I, unless the weeks are blending in together so much, and I watch, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I watched him lose three times. I'm pretty sure I saw three. Oh of my ones. fucking uh, god! And and you know you can say whatever you want. Obviously, everything comes down to booking. But as it stands right now, i I am very sure that you'd be hard pressed to find 24 other wrestlers in the world better than Sami Zayn. And if Sami Zayn can't carry you to a three-star match, you're the problem. You are the problem.
1: <laughs> okay, so... Uh, you're the problem. <laughs> I will say this. A lot of his style... They, they, I mean, obviously, he doesn't have the body type and all that kind of stuff, but they have made him be, do his dad's greatest hits at times. So, mm-hmm. you know how it is with Lucha. Bad Lucha is worse than any other bad form of wrestling around the world. So do you think it's actually him or do you think it's the fact that he's not good at doing lucha things?
3: I think that it is that he is not good at doing lucha things. Um okay. like I've I've watched
1: Like have they tried to get that man like I'll ask him like have they tried to get that man to do a Greco Roman uh uh knuckle lock and then like a test of wheels and then like go to a side headlock and then, you know, work the side headlock and then reversals and go to a hammer lock and then in and out. Like if
3: he's not he should be working he should be working instead of a luchador style, he should be working in an AJ style, Seth Rollins type of style where you you're you're technical but you can go for your your holds you can go for your submissions you throw in a little springboard here and there you do a little top rope you can't do that but you still mix it in with some strikes you mix it in with you know your snap mares or blockbusters um sling blades, things of that Uh nature those are moves they should be going for arm his arm drags are ugly Uh i mean who has an ugly arm drag i can throw a better arm drag Uh I think he should be working a job um
4: corporate America suit
3: tie and, you know it's it's tough because we can sit there and make excuses for him and then you have somebody like fucking Steiner son who comes in and is like holy shit
2: Bro.
4: put
3: him on the main roster tomorrow Bro.
4: I feel like Braun breaker should be like the world champion within 18 months Braun
3: breaker <laughs> like- is fucking amazing I don't think I've watched I don't think so I watched that first match that they had, um, him and LA Knight. Him and LA Knight. I was there, and as I'm watching the match, I was like, "LA Knight deserves to lose. LA Knight deserves to lose. If LA Knight does not lose this match, I will walk up, I will exit the premises, I will call an Uber to my fucking car because this kid is showing out, and he did, and then he went and showed out again, like." Um, his fake out, like roll from the, uh, from the bunny hop into the suplex, like nuts, the catching people into suplexing, just a, just a big, dumb jock wrestler. Like it's, and he has the energy, the explosiveness, his promo skills aren't bad. Like Dominic still can't cut a promo. Yeah. And Um, I think Braun breakers only been wrestling since February, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Nuts. Sometimes you got it. Sometimes you
4: don't. Like he could be like I, I like he's like twenty three years old, I, I believe too. So like he could fuck around and be like Cena. Like where he gets on top super early and um he's around for a long time. He's definitely a Randy Orton.
2: Y'all not fu-
1: no stop stop. Y'all not finna just slide over the fat that that Rod the way he said that shit no so, so nonchalantly. Sometimes you got that, sometimes you don't. That should've been the end of the fucking segment. He fucking <laughs> missed. he did so fucking badly. This, this Dominic Mysterio like it's never gonna happen, bro. It's a wrap. Fuck out
4: of here, bro. Dominic Mysterio catches a drive by on this show like every three weeks.
1: Like. Not from me, from y'all. Y'all look. I'm not gonna talk about Rey Mysterio's son. Not happening. Not doing it. Not hey, not yo. no. Not on duty. Not on duty.
3: Not on duty. The best part. The best part of quarantine that ever happened. The best part of quarantine that happened. And uh, Rich, we, we've discussed this. Roman Reigns is the best heel in the business. Yeet- Roman Reigns threw this man.
1: Yeeted this man.
3: Bro, powerbomb <laughs> over, the- over the rope. Yes. Over the ropes. Throwed and not throwing daddy literally a week later. Oh yeah. is
1: an all time gift. All time gift. Yep. All right, so uh from MJF in oh. uh in Pillman Jr. to what's next? Is Malachi what Black yep.
4: defeats Cody Rhodes. Let's go.
1: Yeah. Let's the, talk about now, this. Now the interest is these are big time interests. This is like it's felt like a pay-per-view for the first hour of the show, um, hour and twenty minutes. And um, they have the match, and I'm liking the match at first. And then they go to commercial break after the uh, after Malachi catches him, or quote unquote catches him with a jumping knee after Cody comes off the top rope um, to the to the elevated ramp. Um, he airballed it, but whatever, good enough. So they come back, and they just it felt like they lost of plot. Of what they were going for, what they built towards, and then Arn gets on the rope. I'm not even going to talk about Brandy giving Malakai the middle finger, to begin the match. Who cares? This is this a fucking mo- just a, just dumb filler of waste of time. Whatever. Um, Arn gets on the top, gets on the um, towards the end of the match, knowing that's going towards the finish, the closing stretch. Arn gets up on the apron, and then he gets up like basically away from the hard cam side, and then basically slides over to towards the right. And you're like, what is he doing? And he tries to, you know, cross over around the pole, and he slips off and falls, and he gets back up. And I'm like, was that on purpose? And then he gets back up again quickly because he's embarrassed. And then uh, there's a there's a bump where he, he takes a bump, ends up f- tumbling down off the apron to the uh, floor. After Malachi gets um, knocked off, knocked off on the other side, Cody goes to make a s- check on Arn. Arn pushes him, and says, "What the hell are you doing? Get your mind in the game, son." He's being Mick from from Rocky. And then they get back in the ring and the ref is still distracted somehow and Malachi hits him with black mist and then hits him with a uh, inside cradle. A, well, he uh, shoves the ref cr- off. That's okay. a big part. Yeah, he shoves the ref off. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Shoves the ref off. Um, Malachi hits him with a black mist um, and then he hits a, a flash inside cradle for the win. And I don't see how this was a satisfying conclusion for any of this, which means it must continue, which means like... For the first match ever since Malachi's been here, since or the first thing ever since uh I think it's fourth of July weekend or week, like there's gonna be something Malachi Black's gonna do that I just don't care about. Like I don't wanna rematch. This served no purpose for me. This was not the match I was expecting or wanted. It's it's more of the bad Cody. And like you look back into the totality of this run um that he's been on um since TV. And it feels like we're getting less and less enjoyable things out of Cody.
4: Yeah, man, I I thought this stunk. And uh, as far as like the, I th- I thought the ideas stunk. Like um, as far as um, like the the brandy thing, the the Arn taking two bumps, the Cody Rose coming out looking like a fucking slave master again, which I'll get into in a second. I haven't forgot right. that thing I prepared, but. Um, I think, uh, matter of fact, I'll, how about I just go into it now? Yeah, let's. Um, yep. So, um, you know, this is uh, the problem with Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is broken. He's a man without a country in a rapidly changing landscape that is going in a direction not toward him. The AEW of 2019 doesn't exist any more than the AEW of January 2021. He feels so far away from the level that Omega and Danielson was on, and I'm not referring to work rates. His constant breaks bring him back to a new world every time he returns. So narratively, he's stuck in the same place while everyone else moves on. In AW, their history is still being written, and they aren't riddled with the landscape of, of baked in hopelessness. And while he's still valuable, he's been out in the sun far too long in his current presentation. There's nothing interesting about him. There's nothing cool about him. He's blown through territory angles like cocaine around the 86 Mets. He's got what people would normally call kisses of death for faces. He has an old man, babyface manager and a hot woman on his arm. And those are the least of his issues. Him never being able to be the champion to me is a different answer to, as to why he got booed out of Arthur Ashe. Some of it's baked in, but he's naturally going to maintain a certain level of star status. So I don't think it dooms him forever to mid car status. The major issue A major issue is that he can't even lose to a champion to help them. I can't take the Slave Master outfits, and he's gotten himself in trouble with black folks with his promos. Overall, I don't think that matters, but amongst the folks, he's become a joke. Um, The talent pool is only deeper now, and I struggle to see where this Cody Rhodes fits in. Maybe this is an elaborate way to turn heel where he'd have instant hot programs with Brian, Mox, or CM Punk, or Hangman. He's too aware to be this self-unaware. Um, if he insists on not turning and keeping and keeps taking time away, I could easily see him out of AW at this rate or creating an, an ugly rejection that will only get bigger and potentially more toxic. He could never fall back on his ring ability the way Kenny and the Bucks could. It's amazing the way he tricked people by wearing a suit into thinking he's more powerful than any of those guys. So naturally, he's caught the most shit, but backing it up after running out of tricks is proving very tough for him. Brandy can only get in the ring so many times. Arn Anderson can only be the source of your story so much. There's only so much he can blade. While Kenny and the Bucks are writing new chapters and getting ahead, ahead of any possible wave of backlash and have largely read the landscape like prose, Cody is determined to be as he always was. What he's seen himself as the hero, the main character. Meanwhile, he's alone on an island getting cooked by the sun when fresher people came in with newer connections to the past and their careers. It doesn't matter how many people he's put over
3: he desperately needs to find another level. I, um, I can agree. I've, I've never really been a a Cody Rhodes fan. Um, and we've discussed this at length. I feel that Cody Rhodes always has worked best when there has been something attached to him that is infinitely more interesting. Um, (laughs) And there's, there's always been a thing where it's like he'll be in a feud and it's not so much him that's important in the feud. It's the thing in the feud that makes it important um, is Money in the Bank feud uh, where he should have won the Money in the Bank where like he was actually like hot. And he was actually on a hot streak and he should have won. He knows he, he didn't. And then he threw it into the river and all that. Like people were popping for it. Did he get the Money in the Bank briefcase? No cuz he was boring. Um when him and his brother were beefing with the shield, that feud wasn't cool because of the Rhodes brothers. It was cool because of the shield. They were just the best people at the time and it was cool cuz Dusty was there and like there was a lot of you know emotions and bravado and then they won the belts and it was a great moment. da da and then what happened? Nobody really cared after that. Like the shield kept being cool as fuck without the belts and the Rhodes brothers were not that cool with the belts. Um, he's been in AEW now. And I've watched um, some Cody matches and I've, you know, kept up with feuds and every single time I'm just like, meh. Um, his match with Ogovo, like he had no reason business winning that. Um, I know that obviously it was not as seasoned in the ring and all that, but just the way that the feud was set up um you should have lost, given the way you that
1: it was set up. Now the thing is, yeah. after watching that match, it's clearly apparent that like gogo was not ready for this, and they shouldn't even have done it.
3: And that's and that's that's fair. So like, but that's what it comes down to. Like you, you should have the foresight to know, like, hey, this person's not really ready for these lights and things of that nature. Correct. And um, also, I kind of. I kind of get upset over um, different calls where it's like, okay, you put him in a feud with Malachi Black. Malachi comes in, starts shit with him. Immediately, you have a fire feud. Like, Black should be washing him every single time they see each other. It shouldn't be a competitive match because now the luster of Malachi Black is kind of waned a little bit. Like, Black should be a world beater. Like, he should be kicking people's faces off and going about his business. Um, I don't subscribe to a, a, a reality where Black is having true competition with Cody fucking Rhodes. I just don't see it because yeah. you haven't given me enough reason over the course of however many months of AEW to make me believe that this is true competition. Like if you put Black against Amiro, okay, I can see that going back and forth. If you put you know him against a moxley who we've seen you know go through the ringer and had he's gone through the beatdowns and he's done the lights out matches and things of that nature okay yeah mm-hmm. give that to me i want that yes mm-hmm. cody rhodes
1: yeah like especially when you throw in the part where it's like he beat him so bad that he felt like after like a string of losses he beat him starting him out said that he didn't have it he didn't have he had no heart left he was taking the last of it Beat him cleanly. He, knew he was about to fucking retire, and then Mox, and then Malachi beat him for like trying to change the narrative on like the beating that took place. He was like, "Yeah, you know, it's time to go." Nah, I'm finna hit you with this with this little bitty crutch, and then like for for you trying to act like you're changing changing this from a complete demolition to it's you didn't have no more. No, I took what you had left. So um, to, go that, to go from that to go from that, and like they did get they did give him. Uh, the the knockout where he rolled out the ring they did give him that but for the finish to then be he kicked the shit out of him he, he kicked the shit out of him uh Cody survives gets back then the match continues he's kind and then like Malachi gets desperate enough to where like he has to go underneath the ring and then pull out a, a black mist it's like okay. I yeah, you, I, I thought it him made up. him
4: look weak. I, I I thought it made him yep. look weak at, at the finish. I yeah. like that's what I said. That was my major problem with it. Like, and it just falls into the folder of Cody bullshit. Yep. And there's there's a folder of Cody shit that works too. So yeah. like, I don't want people to get it twisted, but yeah. like,
1: but it just feels like we've been adding into the Cody bullshit. Like between like n- between him working people that are not like. And it feels like almost charity to the point to like him doing stuff in his matches that just make you make your eyes roll. And like him wanting to like do like, like it's almost like he wants to pull out his daddy's handbook so badly on every fucking big match. And it's like, bro, no one to hold him, No one to fold him, No one to like put that, keep that shit like on the tuck. Like we don't need to see that shit all the time. And we don't need to see that shit multiple times in matches. Like, there's nobody else that has had like pay-per-view and big matches on AEW where I've rolled my eyes at more during, during, uh, than Cody's matches. And it's like, bro, like read the fucking room. Like you're a big part of why this thing is what it is. But like you, like you doing this stuff in your matches, like makes a crowd groan, And now they resent you. Like it's been happening ever since, um, the old Google stuff. And then he leaves, and he comes back, and it's like. And then he leaves, and he comes back, and then he yeah, leaves. And people and comes are saying
4: back. that like, him leaving is the answer again. It, it's no, like it's not. That, it's making it's it worse.
1: Not. It's it's exacerbating the problem that he keeps leaving and come back. And I've been pointing this out. I was pointing this out before the Ogoga thing. Is like, bruh he keeps leaving and he keeps coming back. And you know, people always talk about like you leave so then uh, so that people will eventually miss you, and it's like. Bro, you leave and you come back so often in so in in such a short amount of time that no one even gets a chance to feel like you're like you're gone, like. And now people are just, if, you know what? Okay, so Charlotte, her, her when she left and came back recently, how did that feel? Did anyone feel, did she feel refreshed since coming back, or did she feel like no. damn, she really needs to go back she needs to go away again? That's where we're at with Cody.
4: Like, I would have never, like, obviously they had, you know, the big show and coming and stuff like that was set up. And he did what he did with Malachi the first week of July. So um uh, it was seven weeks between appearances. But had it been me, like, I wouldn't have probably brought him back until at least after full gear. Like, it the new people to kind of settle in. And then that way you come in, like, as this missing ingredient. But now you come, like your return is like the same uh, show as Daniel Bryan's first match. I'm sorry, bro. Like there's, there's a higher rank news in you
1: now. And that's not, and look, that's not even a problem. That's, that's a, that's a, that's another layer of it. But the main thing is you're in a, you have done for him. He has done a, a, a very selfless task of saying, Hey, I am one of the, Five or six most important guys in this company, as far as drawing attention, as far as drawing eyes, as far as being able to uh, draw pay per view buys. What I am going to do is immediately, like most of the elite did, or all the elite did, was we are going to do jobs and put people over left and right to try to get people off the ground and get get saturated, and then it will be our time. He has never got to a point where it's his time, but while it's never been his time, he has fully made everyone aware that like he is pretending to be a mid card when he's a top guy. And like mm-hmm. for me, when I watch it, and I'm seeing him work with Ogogo and work with QT Marshall and like work with all like Jungle Boy or Darby. Well Darby's different Darby is the, the success story of all this, but like look at all the other people I'm counting up when I'm doing this. And it's like, bro, I know what you're people the more you keep doing this, the more aware people are gonna become become that you're doing this and like it is a tactic that you are trying to you are using your star power to try to generate people up the card or you know, put people up towards, the, uh, towards building towards that and that's while noble is transparent and like it's also like not that exciting because I don't know who the fuck this guy is but you're supposed to wrestle him right and it's like you gotta build towards that to some extent and it's like I don't give a fuck about QT Marshall I like O'Gogo because he's called him a piss boy and then I found out that man's anti-vaxxer so I'm like oh god damn it so <laughs> like, so for me
4: oh. So, um, he's not. They came out and uh, never mind.
1: Okay, yeah. Anyway. He or he he, but, but he came out while, later on. Oh, okay, yeah. he came out later on saying, "No, nah, that's not, it's not me, baby." Good, good, yeah. good for him. He should have did it earlier. But um, once you get and- to this point where like you have Malachi and he's scorching hot and he's and he is getting hot off of taking a piece out of your ass, like he's li- he was literally like Becky Lynch or John Moxley chasing down and throwing. Charlotte and Seth Rollins into the into their respective jump zones when they got hot. Like it was the same thing. And like once you had that match, and he was like, "If this if that was the WWE, you'd be like, that's different. This is AEW. Just fucking kick his head off."
4: Yeah, beat him, make him look strong. Like put him over. Like not even
1: that. Have your competitive match where you where you are where. This is the difference between John Cena and, and Cody. When Cody, when people talk about how he wants to be, uh, he, wants to John, be uh, he wants to be Cena, right? John Cena got his ass thrashed by uh, by Brock Lesnar um, at SummerSlam 2014, right? And then at right. the next pay per view, he fought his ass like hell, and then it, and then had him on the ropes at points, and then before he eventually, uh, there was a uh, Seth Rollins came in or whatever. But that's that that's been fucking up. But the story was. He got whooped, he got demolished, and he got off his ass and he fought back super hard, but he was going to lose at the end of the night. Like, all Cody had to do after doing what he did in the first match, that was I, in my opinion, I loved. I thought it was great professional wrestling. This that's like the 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 good Cody, the great Cody, even. Like, mm-hmm. all you had to do was come back, fight like hell, fight that dude, and then at the end, you go down on your sword for him. That was all you had to do. This shit was not who did this benefit?
3: it benefits nobody nobody Thank nobody Nobody got any nobody got any burn from that and it, it it's it's upsetting because it's regressive like you said the first match between malachi and cody was that flash of brilliance of great cody it wasn't something that i could go and be like oh man cody rose is a terrible wrestler he showed why he deserves to be in a position that he's in
4: like he gets it like i
3: know he gets it it's it's there it's it's totally there but you know um it's one of those things of you you have to know how to play the role you 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 have to understand that even though you are a a great wrestler if you're not playing the role correctly or doing the correct thing. It doesn't matter what your ring IQ or your skill set or your move set or whatever the case may be may be because you can still turn in a bad match. Um, and I look at somebody like Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns had certain successes as a single star during his first run where he was really being pushed mm-hmm. but I can't, I couldn't get behind some of the things that he did because he's a powerhouse, but he's supposed to be this prissy baby face, underdog, like, no, I want to see Roman Reigns fuck people up. Right. That when I look at Roman Reigns and I look at the way that he is dressed in military gear and all that. I want him to fuck people up. That's all I care about. And he came back and what did he do his first night in SummerSlam? He fucked people up. Yeah. That's all you have to do. And now it's like, cool. Yes, that's the heel. I want when I look at Cody Rhodes, I want him to have the great technical matches. I don't need the outside interference with Arn Anderson. I don't need Brandy Rhodes there. I don't need him cutting these weird um, America promos. I I need him to fight from underneath and show the things that I know he's capable of in his skill set and then lose. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> not not all the time
3: but i get what you mean not like, all the time not, not, but in mean, this particular mean, in, in this particular in this particular role right you know right, 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 right. I, I go back to the what what made what made cena being on my on my mount rushmore was his which i think everybody probably would agree on if you're going to go the length that i'm going to go was his u.s champion run he had those matches mm-hmm. he worked these very competitive matches mm-hmm. And then he dug deep, and then at the very end, he pulled it out. Mm-hmm. But it showed that people like a Kevin Owens or a Cesaro or a Sami Zayn or, hell, a Zack Ryder deserve to be in these mid-card and top-card conversations like because they could hang in the deep waters with John Cena. It's the same thing that Cody Rhodes should be doing and could be doing, but instead it's this weird 50-50 like, these people I'm going to beat and these people I'm going to lose to Um, and then I'm going to try to get my win back and it's going to be kind of like overbooked but I'm still going to lose here and yeah, I should have lost but I'm going to lose in a way that you probably didn't think because I'm going to try to be creative with it like, no bro, just get your head kicked off
1: Right, and like the TNT stuff for the most part I, I enjoyed a lot more than I thought I was going to um and you know him and Darby chasing him for you know the length that he did like that's absolutely credit to Cody's vision for for when we say like this is the reason why it's frustrating because like we know at least on some level he fucking gets it and gets it to a great extent but then there's this other part where it's like it, he's almost you know he's like I want to say what year, I want to say a crown probably like Jordan 25s is when it's like, Hey, let's like start adding a a fifth and sixth color to the colorway. And it's like, why? Right. Like he all he is constantly trying to add one or two more extra colors to the colorway. Mm -hmm. And it's like, nah, bro, just, just stop at three or four and leave it the fuck alone. And like, he's just extra. And you just hope that you get more moments where he like, Someone can can curb that out of him at times because, like, he just wants to do too much.
3: Low budget and- Triple H. You're going to add another, like, 10 minutes to this match, bro, <laughs> that I did not need.
1: Yeah, but that is a good example. It's like Triple H. You're in there with Scott Steiner working WWE style. You're in here with Goldberg W style. Why in the world would you need to go more than 10 minutes with either one of them?
4: I'm going to show you who can work. <laughs> what? Work rate. <laughs>
3: work rate um it's like bro like not every match is iron man match at judgment day with with the rock bro like you don't have to do this like it it doesn't like i get it i get it like triple h would be triple h would have way more four stars and close to five star matches if they were cut by like 10 minutes uh
1: yeah 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 and i think that i think triple h also um I think that the Triple H didn't like basically like gain thirty pounds from what from uh, WrestleMania fifteen to SummerSlam two thousand or nineteen ninety nine like and was in this era like he'd be his whole entire game would have been different like his whole entire game would have been different in you know it's one of those weird games like he basically like morphed into what Vince McMahon or what he needed to succeed in WWE and like what he was when he was younger or, like, in the yeah. early stage when he was in a mid-card or, or fighting the IC scene with, with The Rock or whatever, like, that, his entire trajectory changed and, like, because he got bigger, he... Like, it was, it, his whole career is, like, you can go over that with a fine-tooth comb or whatever else and then talk, before we even get into, like, the politics of him being paranoid because he was never the A-side of anything. He was always the B-side that, like, do enough B-side stuff that you become the A-guy and then, like, Vince loves him forever and just pushes him down everyone's throat, but, uh, yeah, like... Yeah, there's a lot of similarities with, with Cody in in, in um, Triple H, but I just think that. I think Cody's kind of in his prime years. And, like, I look at, like, the stuff that I saw in Triple H, and uh, this is a conversation that me, Rich, and Ra were having on Twitter. And I just look at, like, the amount of things that, like, he does that frustrates me to no end um, because he makes wrestling more difficult than it has to be. Yeah. Uh, mm. Because, uh, like, he wants to do this theatrical shit when it's like, nah, man, just add this little pieces here. Uh, And I, I think of, like, tri- Triple H in his prime or, like, times when he became, like, the early stage of his part-time run. And I'm like, I'm comparing this stuff. I'm just like, uh, Rich, Rich, uh, say that he prefers Cody. And, that, and for me, just like, nah, like, Cody is just, he's way too, his hit or miss ratio is way too off, it's way too like all over the place and yo y and roller coastery for me to like to
3: to be on that. I think Triple H is still better than him and it's prime and, for prime. And see, and that's like, my I, opinion. I, and I think about really just even just this Malachi situation. I was hyped for this match. Same. Um, and 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 basically going off of the match that they had a few weeks back. So I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to get into it. Like, I feel like this is just going to be a slobber knocker. And it was hot cross buns, bro. Like, <laughs> you- Just got
4: in the chat. Man, man, the, we, we done spent like the last 20 minutes going at him. You're going to have to catch it in the archive. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like Cody from 2018 to right now, like, I'll take his, this three year run over almost any three year period in Triple H's career. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think I think he's just too good of an everyday wrestler, uh, that in a way that Triple H wasn't, and that might be primarily down to who Cody's surrounded by
1: now. Uh, that that's the reason why I'm still <laughs> champion Triple H. Cause it's like I it, I think about that all the time. When I think about like who they're with, like if you get you know if you get 2000 or ninety ninety eight through 2005 uh, Triple H. You get him in AEW, away from Vince McMahon, and away from him feeling the need to like gain thirty pounds in three months, like in that type of environment. Like literally, the the look at what the click was, and then look at what the elite are. Right, generation generationally, they're the same fucking people. So for me, it's like if he was doing, if he was booking his own stuff a, away from. The pressure cooker that is Vince McMahon and Jim Ross wanting to treat the locker room like it's a fucking football team, and everybody wants the number one slot, and everyone is and people just do business, and there's not another uh, show in town that they're super concerned about as far as like being the show getting cut off. Like I feel like Triple H would have thrived in this environment at a way higher level than than Cody is right now, and that's and that's not no not because like Cody's doing goddamn well, but it's just like. I see Cody's passion, and that's the thing I like about him so much. Is he's he, he's so passionate, but like then he says and does and 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 puts out so much bullshit, and I'm just like I'm at odds because like I like the guy, but he also frustrates because like why and it makes me think why do I fucking like this guy sometimes when he does some of this stuff? Like
4: I think I think Cody's had a better babyface peak than Triple H. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. oh yeah,
3: okay. yeah. yeah, That's not yeah, even. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not even questionable. Yeah, that's I not,
4: think Triple H had had really high heel peaks at different times, and uh, but Cody worked the fuck out of me in in 2018. Well, I don't know because I don't know if it was a point. Because I don't ever want to see Kenny Omega wrestle him again. So I I don't know what that's worth. See? but that's see, um, worth a lot. You, that's see, worth a lot. You can't,
1: he, your you favorite can't wrestler possibly ever. You don't even want to see him at a match if he uh, links up with, with this fucking guy. Like, see what I mean? And this is somebody that we and this is somebody that we're all that that at least me and Rich, we both like. But that's the stuff he does to you. It's like, like, bro, I I don't want to be put through the ringer like this. I don't watch one whole promotion because of that.
3: I don't want to get it misconstrued. I like Cody Rhodes. Oh, well, there you go.
1: All three of us like him. All three of us like, he needs to cut the shit.
3: He has to cut the shit, bro. Like, I can't imagine me thinking, like, oh, man, like, yeah, I like this one rapper, but I never want to hear him with a Jay-Z feature (laughs) ever. Like, I can't. I can't. That don't make sense. Cody Rhodes is Kanye West? Is that what you're trying to tell me right now? (laughs) Johnson In
4: the the comments, he says, I like Cody Rhodes, but I hate everything about him. Rolling the fuck over, laughing my ass off.
1: No, man, you're misconstruing it. I I liked... I like his passion. I like that I like some of the things he uh, wants to do. I just think he gets himself caught up in the muck all the time by take by thinking he's he's a simple-minded genius. I'm not wanna, I'm not gonna go through the R. Kelly thing or, or whatever about how R. Kelly is a simple-minded genius to take and his simple mind takes himself to some incredible places before we found out that he was a child molester or a child rapist. I'm not gonna get into that. But like he is somebody that is so um, passionate and so warm to the people that that are around him, and then like because of that passion, people believe in him. And but the thing is, like that blind faith leads you to stuff like this, where it's like, okay, so now where's Ma- where's kind of black out this? Are we going to see a third match? What the hell's the third match going to be?
4: Probably Cody winning at that and point, the, and then that's a mistake,
1: right? Or it, so, like, now we're like, all right, either cut bait on it, and then Cody has to go away a fucking gin, <laughs> or they have a, a third match, and it's like, well, why don't you... Whatever happens in the third match, why don't you just fucking do it in the second match in front of 20,000 people? We gonna, we couldn't get a conclusion in front of 20,000 people? You're going to find a bigger gate to do it at? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's stuff like that. It's like, no know know oh, where you're going and know where it needs to wrap up at or like not don't do stuff to try to prolong it and then like it's going to be something lesser than it. they're not going to get a bit of a bigger thing to do that at mm. who want to see yeah. it again after that
3: yeah and there's not a belt that's going to make me like like a belt wouldn't make that any more different you know no. Um it would make
1: it worse and
3: it would, it would make it worse there's no stakes that you can give me um because if you did something like, oh, yeah, well, if I lose this match, I'm going to retire. You're telegraphing that he's going to win. So yep. it, 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 it's essentially you've now done the exact same thing that you've done with the MJF and Jericho feud. Like you're now going a match too far. Um,
4: Got a couple comments in there. Um, the JML says, Black can steal the baby. Um, <gasps> <laughs> Floyd asks, why is it a mistake? And uh MJ does PR says satanic steel cage
1: mash. Now <laughs> now you said uh he should steal the baby. Like, look, we have watched this crowd since July. Like it feed in feed into and tell you that like they want Malachi, they do not want Cody. Right? We've seen this for the whole summer, right? Am I I'm not making this right. up. Am I it's I mean not, not it I did not see it like I said this like Back in like the beginning of this month and then weeks later, what happened when he came out to Arthur Ashe, He got fucking booed, right? So and it's not it's obviously like not, not like I foresaw this like I'm some visionary, like he got booed against Ogogo. But if Malachi Black steals what's what's the baby's name? Liberty?
4: Liberty, yes.
1: <laughs> okay. So
4: the the baby all I'm not
1: going to touch on this but given that promo that Cody did about trying to say that Atlanta some post-racial t- uh, utopia and given how Co- how Brandy be out here feeling sorry for herself anytime anything happens with race uh, on Twitter happens wouldn't we kind of want uh, Liberty to be kind of be saved from those God two God damn it. God damn it, <laughs> God damn it. I can hear like, the promos now. Like don't I like where like liberty. don't you think the probability that like it all goes bad for 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 Liberty uh, Roads or uh, Liberty Runnels uh, is high?
3: She's oh gonna take the name Liberty Black.
4: Yo,
1: yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna go further than that. But that's that's kind of that's kind well, of where she, I'm yeah. at.
4: Y'all, y'all should get uh, in, the, in the Twitch comments uh, if you guys click on the, sh- on the stream because a lot of comments are coming in. If you guys want to just text and respond to those. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good place to leave it on Cody. If, if you jumped in late on this full conversation, uh, is a little bit longer. Um, yeah. yeah. And um, the rest of the show, we got Darby Allen and Sting defeating FTR. Now, Rob Sting, he ain't missed yet.
3: NAW it's almost been a year I mean I just I I don't I personally would have not had that man out there but I will say he has done very very well um he's worked a very good style um since being back um I haven't had any situations where I watched a match and um was like underwhelmed or anything of that nature um as far as a as an older wrestler working part-time style um at that particular age with the amount of injuries that sting has had he's definitely been one of the better if not the best that i've seen and it's 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 great i'm happy for that man i'm happy that he hasn't died um um <laughs> <laughs> uh, Honestly, yeah, you know, I was highly concerned and you already know I was every single time you mentioned staying in any platform. I was I was on that ass. Um, But I'm proud of what you know what he's been able to pull off and um, Tony Khan's keeping him safe. And, you know, he's not doing anything that he shouldn't be doing. Uh, I'm totally in the in the crowd of people that feels like that buckle bomb spot was his fault. Um. So uh, cool. It was a good match. Um, and I really like Darby Allen. Really like Darby Allen. Um, FTR, they're fine. So we gonna
1: double back around. Um, yeah,
3: we, we he, heard what you said. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> well, getting hurt when someone threw him. What? <laughs> it's
3: his fault. Um, it's his fault.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> he okay.
3: said that he took. Could- he said he, that he took the bump wrong. You know what? Who am I to come in there and be like, Oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I know her. then you know, I, I hate when people are like, Oh yeah, you know, I, I don't believe in the vaccine. Like, bitch, did you go to college for eight years to study? No. I'm no, to listen
1: to it. I got vaccinated April, fully vaccinated. So look this exactly.
3: So
0: 15,
1: this is how I it chalked was, it up. This how I chalked it up with the uh the buckle bomb spot. Shit happens in professional wrestling. It was agreed upon. He threw him. He threw... He didn't throw him... Like, look, I saw somebody get buckle-bombed. Uh... Oh, shit, it was, uh... It was the, Wasn't it the brain match? Last yeah. night? Buckle-bombed last and went over the top rope, right?
2: Yeah. That yeah.
1: Was, that was... That was That was less dangerous than what happened to Sting. It just... Sting had a bad neck or bad back or bad spine, whatever you want to call it. And then, um... It... He let... You know, it went out and he had a bad situation. My... So, you said that, like, you like how what he's done since, uh, going to AEW. I, I like to people I like to remind people that since this man since Survivor Series 2014 and the matches he's been in even to now he has not had one bad match. Like the the Sting the Sting I'm oh sorry, the Sting versus uh, Triple H match at WrestleMania 31 sports entertainment smoke and mirrors masterpiece. Right? Yes. Um, the match uh the the match with Big Show and then the and then after that the restart where it's Cena and, and Sting versus Big Show and whoever on Raw I don't remember perfectly fine the match fine. with Rollins was a fun ass match it's just that happened in the match and then he never wrestled again and then you get to this on AEW and for me it's like um, I had forgot this um, but Rich had to remind me that he actually did get into the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame in 2017 but it had been so but it, for so long he had not been in and I was like Last night, I, I was I forgot, and I was like, you just, I was just on my shit, just looking just 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 feeding in on like the, the vibes. Like Sting always had one of the most has always been one of the most uh, incredible fires in the history of professional wrestling. One of one of the most charismatic people in the history of professional wrestling. Someone that was always knew what the fuck to do in the ring, even though he wasn't like some soup. He wasn't Bret Hart in the ring, but he always knew what the fuck to do. And it's like at his age, his advanced age, we all think he's 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 cripp- he's like a cripple or a weakling, and then he, he comes in he does He is not. Right? <laughs> like, and like, the thing is, like, the way they use him where he only wrestles like once a month, if that, or once every six weeks, if or that. He wrestles like... Yeah. Right, right? He wrestles like once, like, maybe once or once a month or once every two months. Like, the way they're using him and, to, and protecting him, and then like, He's not going out here and he's like going for the world championship. He's in tags with Darby or he's in a cinematic match or whatever else. It's like, it's the perfect use for him at this age. And the part where like Darby is doing all of the world wrestling. And he, all he's doing is just basically hulking up and doing, or, or, or stinging up and, and no selling a couple things and being on his chest and doing finger flashes and, and back fists. Like all he's doing is the hits and like, luckily like Darby and, and everybody around him have like committed to making this shit work because, and everyone believes in Sting because they believed in him since he were fucking kids like it's fucking it's been fucking perfect that Bro, it's been a this, match made this history been
4: the, this is the manual on how to use like uh, an old, old wrestler
1: an to old get legend. over the undo and for me it's like I like Sting's my third for wrestler of all time so for me like to watch this is like it makes a night like that where they go out there and they have a good ass match I'm just like God damn it! He did it again. <laughs> like it, it'd be like if Deion Sanders would come out here and still be like play Nickelbacks uh, of for, for a team and still be good. It's like God damn, he can still do it. Them legs still kick high. Like it's yeah. it's, just, it's just fun to watch. Like it's pure nostalgia. What plus also the purpose of getting Darby over. Like I love it. Yeah,
3: yeah no, it, it, it's good stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't have an issue with it. Um, yes, it is things' fault. Um, that he got injured on the buckle bomb because he knows damn well he shouldn't have taken the buckle bomb and it was his idea to be like oh yeah i'm gonna do the buckle bomb it's just like brock lesnar getting injured at wrestlemania like kurt angle knew damn well and sure that he should have not been doing that shooting star press and was like nah man do the shooting star press it's gonna be cool it's gonna be cool
1: big show of the year man big show of the year
3: he he had
1: had done it before
4: he well, had done it before but- I, I think the problem with, with in that case was Brock is, was heavier then and also he uh than he was when he was actually hitting the shit in developmental like mm-hmm. two years before that also like they wrestled that long ass main event That's that very God. end of the match they're probably tired sweating mm-hmm. yep. all that shit and then the ropes get a little slippery and boom you fall on your shit
1: hey, <laughs> hey luckily that man had you know that man had you know some people. There are two ways apparently to protect your neck. Either you do all the stretching like you're a Joshi in the gym, doing all them stretches and you know doing bridges where you can bridge on, uh, you can bridge over your back to where you all of a sudden your nose uh, can touch the floor like uh, Ashimoto from uh Sendai Girls, or you build a neck a neck so thick <sighs> that you like the junk. It's like the, that your neck ain't no neck. It's behind you know, your ears. It, look like, it looks like the. His neck doesn't exist. It looks like the juggernaut sure. domes from, from X Men. Like yeah. except there's a head on top. That's what his neck looked like. So he luckily had one of them. He luck he there's two ways to success to survive a a fuck up like that and not die. And he luckily had one of the two.
4: Yep. Yeah. Then we had the um AW Women's World title match. Britt Baker uh defends against Ruby Soho, uh gets her out of there in thirteen minutes. I thought this was fine. Uh
3: you know It was suitable. Yeah, it had like, moments,
1: but like it, it felt like the crowd was tired, and it felt like the match just didn't have the emotion behind it at times.
3: Yeah, yeah. and we are—it was a foregone conclusion. Um, I'm not one for foregone conclusions. I think that's the one thing about wrestling um, that can kill a match for me. Um, you, you guys had brought up a, you know, a really fine point about Hangman earlier, and about the idea like there's still a chance that he can go after the belt and lose um and it's that type of feeling of uneasiness that really you know can heighten a match that really can can make that th- that turns a match from a four star match to a four and a half or a four and a half to a five like that's the thing that you need um i think about like my favorite matches ever um and all those matches have that that tinge of this can go the wrong way and in some of those matches it does go the wrong way and it just makes me feel even more after watching it um you know um so when i watched the match like la- you know uh last night it was like i don't really care mm-hmm this match can be as good as it wants to be, but it has to win me over because I already had, I, I already know DMD is coming out with the win. So mm-hmm. what's the use? Um,
4: yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Um, like I figured this was going to happen. Um, yeah. Like Ruby, I think still has to get more acclimated. Um, she, she got the big win. She got the song that that's over. Um, but you know, I was still looking to be impressed in the ring by her. Um, haven't got there yet. Uh, I thought it was fine last night. It was a good match, but uh, it wasn't anything. It was like, oh shit, I didn't right. put her on the list. Like, yeah. uh like obviously, like, like there's Thunder Rosa still hanging around. Like, Thunder Rosa has not been replaced.
1: Yeah, and I think in yeah. a match like that, like, um, in a match where you know that like what, uh, you know there is going to be oh. You know the result, right? You know what's going to happen. The purpose of a match like that, or most matches like that, is is not about like trying to. Tr- it's not about necessarily uh, doing some goofy thing and then giving you the wrong result to try to sh- try to uh, screw with you, screw with you. The point of it is to try to get you to, at some point in the match, believe in a near mm-hmm. fall for the other person, and then after that you can kick, kick them out, you can kick out and then have them get back up and drop them and then pin them when you're finished and get the fuck out of there because the point, the objective was done or you can go longer depending on how you want to but like most, most matches like that where you already, you already know the result from most of the matches you already watched. The problem, the thing is you got to get it to a point to where you can believe that the other person can win or you believe that like it's an actual, you can actually get the sense of desperation between both competitors and this one, we never got that. We never got either one of them to this, that point of desperation or uh, that kind of sense of drama. It was just kind of. It felt kind of there for the, the main yeah. event of a twi- of from twenty thousand people. It did. You know,
3: and it's like you know, uh, I, I point back. Um, I think this is obviously. I think this is the uh, Hall of Fame run for Roman. But like, you look back to the first, you know, his first championship defense against Jay Uso. Jay Uso, you're trying to tell me that Jay Uso has a right. chance in hell to beat Roman, and then you know five minutes into their match, you're like, okay, and then ten minutes into your match, you're like, and then you know fifteen minutes, and your, you're in like, this is nuts. That's the point. You're supposed mm-hmm. to like. We knew that Roman wasn't going to lose that match. You yeah, know. but it was just enough. Um, I didn't get that last night. Um, I like Ruby Soho a lot. Um, there's we not anything where, everybody likes
1: Ruby Soho. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like I, 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 definitely fuck with her. So it's not even a situation of where I was bored or anything of that. But I, there was there wasn't anything in the pacing that made me go, "Oh, DMD really could lose this. They really could just pull the rug out." Um, and you know, there's a lot of situations to where you want the rug to be pulled out from you like when the match is so good and you're just like oh i'm totally behind uh-huh. this person winning um that's what makes the storytelling of our, our of our business great uh, what was it It was an elimination chamber match um santina morello where like oh daniel bryan 2011 uh, 2011 yeah, it, 2011. yeah you're just like, wait, he really actually could win it, and you could hear the crowd, and the crowd bought into it, and I was like, we're really about to have Santino as a world champion. Let's go. Like, I'm bought in. <laughs> and um, you were speaking yeah. on a
1: time when someone got got. Um, this was this is one that uh, Josh from Keep It a Strong Style brings up all the time, was... um the actual night of champions that Sting, that Sting Seth match when after, you know, Sting got back up and he slapped on the Scorpion Deathlock for the second time. I got into the, the Royal Williams got to have it, um, uh, crouch. And I was like, I'm I'm fully bought in that Sting Can become the WWE champion in 2015. So I absolutely believe I'm with you. Like I knew the scene was going to win, but the point is you got to tell the story, take people on a ride to where they can, they could get into buying that so any, anything can happen for that bit of time, and that's, like, the magic of, of them tricking you with the professional wrestling and the storytelling going on in the ring, like, um, Richie, or, uh, I guess you don't watch, uh, Stardom, but, like, there's a woman in Stardom, uh, that's, uh, that is, uh, Hikaru Shida's, like, best friend in professional wrestling named, um, Shuri. Shuri, um, was, like, the best wrestler in, in the world over the summer, right? And, like she is a former UFC fighter, um, kicker, striker. Grew up, you know, grew up in the business. Like with Oscar, uh, like kind of like grooming her, right? So like she's this woman that has a lot of like huge personality. Can sell her ass out. So can be a can be a just an ass kicker. And they, that's how they present her in Stardom since ever since day one she came in. And like her matches, she just she, like she's just just a fucking surgeon, like. If you can't outstrike her, but she's a great re- technical mat wrestler and chain wrestler. And like, regardless of whatever your situation is, regardless how good you are, eventually there's gonna come a time where uh, like if y- if you want to survive uh, wrestling her, you're gonna have to get out of the mat wrestling. And eventually, it's gonna you got to get it. And ch- typically, her story she tells is. I, I whoop their ass i get them out to the apron and then somebody drops me on my neck on the apron or throw or, or power bonds me on the uh, my head on the apron mat, on the apron before falling to the floor or something some big apron bump and then the match goes from there where she start is her turn to sell and the person that she's been whooping on for like five to eight minutes is now reversed the course and she takes you on a ride from there like that is not that's not all her matches but like about a fourth of her matches have that little element where she takes a big bump and then she's hurting and it's like, oh my god, the Russians cut type of deal. And like, that's the that's the magic you're talking about when it comes to taking you on a ride or whatever. I was like, everybody, everybody, you know, everybody has their own versions and ways to do this, but it's like that match didn't have that. That match didn't have that. And then also, she had the goons with her. She didn't even use the goons.
4: Yeah, I, I still think it was the right call. DMD Rose on. Yeah, she should um. <laughs> <She
1: should've
2: been. laughs> Absolutely. I, I had no problem with her winning.
1: I just wish it was uh, a, had been a better match. That's yeah, all. Yeah. So
4: that that'll wrap up your um, Dynamite Grand Slam review. Uh, we do have lots of questions um, that yeah. came in um, on Twitter, and I, I want to kind of try to fly through these. So we yeah, still yeah. got the rules. Um, so I've got. I'm going to start with the Discord ones. Uh, comes from MJ does PMR. Um, real quick, Brian and Kenny, run it back right away, or give it some space and let it breathe. Space.
1: How much space?
3: space? Um, I would probably say
1: the next pay-per-view
3: n- yeah 60 60 to 90 days within the yeah. next 60 to 90 days it yeah, doesn't, doesn't have to be 60 days but within that time span about a quarter
4: I, I'm running it back at full gear personally
1: See, I, I would probably be with Rob but like AEW always does things a little bit faster than I would like um that's kinda of seems to be their time and they usually do things like a little bit before I would. So I'm probably full gear. Yeah. Probably full gear is where it happens. Um
4: MJ does PR also says is the Owen Heart tournament going to be more King of the Ring or more G one? I think it's gonna be single elimination because committing to a G one on yeah. television is it's a, yeah, a, a it. task.
1: It's it's yeah. um yeah, yeah, that's too they, that's too hard of a task. That's too like, and then like if they if they were to do it, knowing them, they would put a lot of that shit on dark. And I'm nah, like I mean, they could do it, and I think a lot of people would enjoy being on the dark stuff. But it's like if you do it that way, then like you're gonna have to do a whole like spend a minute doing recaps, and they don't really do they occasionally do recaps and callbacks to dark, but not often.
4: He also says, "Was Owen the most underrated member of the Nation of Domination? No, he was not. D'Lo was." I think people know how great Owen Hart was.
3: Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think that there, I don't think that was ever a question. Um, Owen Hart obviously didn't get the shine that he deserved from the company. Um, even in his death, it just shows that the company really didn't give a shit about him as a, as a person. Personally, um, I know that might be a very harsh um, statement, but um, WWE failed Owen Hart on so many levels um yeah. but I think that us as fans um had a deep appreciation for Owen Hart um I think that we cared I think we knew that he had the work rate he had the promo skills he had the personality um he had a look um he, he definitely was great I think that you're right rich I do think it was Delo um Delo obviously was a little rough around the edges in certain aspects but I think that if he had more time to grow and develop and and better, Um, dancers Um, he would have excelled even more Um, he could have been so much more than just a European champion in a lot of different ways Um, he had the look, he had the intensity Um, he had cool ass moves Um, uh, I I, I like D'Lo Brown Um, and I think when you put D'Lo Brown against an Owen Hart or a rock or a Farouk or a, you know, a Mark Henry, it obviously shows that he pales in comparison on what the, you know, general consensus is because he's not brought up in those conversations that those other people are brought up in, you know? So yeah, definitely d Um, Um,
1: I would say in that particular situation, I think the most underrated person would probably be pissed off Mark Henry. Like, pissed off Mark Henry was fucking good. Um, Uh, Like, as far as building up programs and whatever else, and then having, like, monster matches at the time, or even doing the stuff he was doing in 2011, I'm thinking, like, Hall of Pain. Like, maybe he wasn't, maybe I'm being unfair, because, like, he had a way longer career than most of these other guys. Um, But, like, 2011, Mark Henry, 2011, 2013, Mark Henry, at times, was, like, really fucking good. Like, so... um, I think
3: Hall of Pain was probably one of the um, best... Uh, Heel runs, um, you know, in the last, you know, 15 years. Um, And I also, I mean, ah, man, I, I know that the timing was, was off because they eventually had Cena lose to Brock. So I, I get what they, why they didn't take the belt off of him. But man, I would have, I would have been very happy and very succinct with Mark Henry getting the belt off of Cena, even if it was for a month. Oh, um, time his his promo um, is by far, I think, a. Yeah, it's probably my top twenty promos, maybe <laughs> in my top, and yeah. like <laughs> it... that promo is just—it it was just—it it it made me feel things. I was. I was sad. I was emotional. I, I, I felt this like man. I, I regret not appreciating Mark Henry when we had Mark Henry. Man, this is a moment that Cena came out and I was like, damn. And then he worked, us. And <laughs> right? I, right. I was, I was bad. And then I was like, this is hilarious. And then I was like, yes. this is pro wrestling. Yes. Um it, um.
1: it. And I think the thing for me was like the reason why I say Mark Henry is because like. We there are people know that D'Lo good D'Lo Brown was good. People know that like Owen Hart was great, right? Like the people that really that watch a lot of wrestling, hardcore fans and tape traders and all that time, people and people that have gone back and watched like nineties uh juniors uh New Japan and shit, right? And even Calgary. But there are a lot of people, and rightfully so that remember mark henry and think of mark henry and they think that dude was rotten because for a long stretch he was and then he got good over time so that's the reason why i so that's the reason why i would say him
4: so uh jml says uh what special venue do you want aw to run next uh i'll say yankee stadium <laughs> just for the just, just for the novelty
1: of it uh like that's some um, shit
4: they would have did in like the nineteen like thirties or twenties. They would have had Russell Massey at Yankee Stadium and shit. Um,
1: I I don't hmm. know. I I haven't really thought about like a a non wrestling venue to do wrestling at. Um, or non traditional. Um,
3: I don't know. I really don't. Maybe a baseball field. I. Yeah. I've really enjoyed uh, these past Royal Rumbles taking place in baseball fields. Yeah, they're, um, they're cool. They're cool yeah. That it is cool to me, and the setup of AEW with the like the dual side entrances, I think, really lends itself to a baseball field. Um, so that would be fire. Um, you know, heels on one side, faces come out the other side, and mm-hmm. obviously oh, through Cody the dugout, out yeah through the dugout okay. you know you yeah, yeah, yeah. would obviously come out the face side and be confused by the booze um i think it'd be great um yeah it'd be great uh,
4: JML also says was it the right move to main event grand slam the women's title match um i just actually got the quarters and it looks like they had the they they had the lowest uh quarters so uh I don't know. Um
1: like if it weren't going if it wasn't going to be them and they were dead set and AEW seems dead set on putting like the match they know is gonna be their hottest match or as far as work rate or whatever else, they'd love to put like their best in ring match on first a lot of weeks. So if Brian and Omega was gonna go on first, the only other thing they could have put on would have been the Cody and, and Malachi thing. And knowing what that was would you want to fucking do that as a main event? So, <laughs> so, nope. um, so yeah, like it was like, it, it. they had two bad options. The real thing would be in a traditional sense of book your cars, like, like where the best things are going on last and then whatever else, but that's not how they decided to go with it. So that's how they want to play it. That's what they got.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't really know how you, how you would have done it. I, I definitely feel like, you know, you kind of book yourself into the corner when you hot shot your your best match as the first thing, and um, something that I do like when WWE does it, they do it well. And they just did it on Monday, where they advertised um, we're gonna have Bloodline versus the, versus the New Day. That's our main event, and at the beginning of the show. New Day came out, they started speaking, and then Roman showed up and he's like, yo, I don't even want to be here anymore, so run me my fade right now. And they ran the match, interference happened, and it led to a storyline for them the book, another match that was even better. Um, I don't know how you would obviously do that with a one-on-one match, but they could have tantalized something at the beginning of the show to where they seemed like they were going to run it at the beginning. And then run it at the end instead. Um but I don't even know if that works in the AEW model for the simple fact it,
4: it, it would be they it, they usually advertise ahead of time and yeah. then also you gotta think the entrances, the fallout of the match, the thirty minutes. Like they had to make sure um they had time for
1: that. All, yeah. It, I, it, it, I would say that too. Rob, you're on to something with that saying like I don't know if that really outfits to what AEW does, right? So like that would be something they would have to do over time, to where they're going to do a match, have a fuck finish, have someone uh, uh, Tony Constant the word over the over the headset that like they're restarting the match because of the garbage that just went, went on went on in front of the fans, and then we're going to run it back later, like because these these cards you always know what the five matches are for Dynamite or the three matches that are going to happen on Rampage be like before the last sh- on the last show before you already know either you know either. Um,
4: look and they always happen
1: yeah so <laughs> god damn it so so speaking, so like speaking that's of that. so that's the so yeah you're right it's just it's like if they ever get to the point to where like they only advertise like three matches on um on dynamite and like two matches like one big match and one of uh, in that little buffer match that they have in that one hour of rampage then maybe they could start doing that but outside of that like it, i don't see how they get around it without starting to do stuff that screw with people's times
4: so speaking of that, um he also asked, do you think Sasha's in the doghouse for what happened
3: at SummerSlam? I feel like Sasha got COVID. I think that's what happened and I do think that for some odd reason she is getting punished cuz she hasn't shown back on TV. Um and it's just like I don't I don't know. You know, there's some you know, Dirt Sheet reports that they said that they don't have anything for her. And I'm like, you don't have anything for arguably the best woman's wrestler in the world. Like, that doesn't make sense.
4: Well, I'll, I'll say this. I don't think she's in the doghouse because I, I hadn't heard that report, but I could fully see that. Um, Becky Lynch recently did an interview and said she was ready to go at WrestleMania. Um, you know, but they held her off because... They, it's not necessarily about her coming back. It's like, who's she wrestling? So, like, if um, the program's going forward with Bianca and um, Becky, I know they're doing a Liv Morgan and Carmella match, but they normally don't do a second match uh, with the women, you know, for better or for worse. Um, I don't think she's in the doghouse. I think they figure, hey, we'll just give you some more time off and then bring you back when we can slot you as a challenger or a champion. Because other than that, you'll just either be left in catering like Tony Storm, or you'll just
1: be kinda hanging out.
3: Yeah, because we already because
1: smackdown's like loaded. Yeah. I I, I don't look, there's been too many people that have caught COVID for me to think that she would get heat for catching COVID is like so the the fifth person like the fourteenth person is the one that gets the heat, not like the other people for that. That'd be weird. Um you know, it's just you know this WWE like it's not what to be it, regardless. It comes back to some form of incompetence that they can't figure out what to, to put her on, how to put her on TV and deploy her in some sort of way. So whatever, like that place.
4: <laughs> Those jokes, um, Joe, sh- Joe Sab. What's up, Joe? Um, he says, uh, "Where do you guys rate Steven Amell as a wrestling celebrity? He's quickly becoming one of my faves." Duffy League Wrestling rules.
1: Um. Like, as far as his star power or as far as, like, how cool he is
3: with, like, the the folks in the biz? I would say that uh, he's better than Mike Tyson, not better than Bad Bunny.
4: (laughs) Yeah, um... I I enjoy the 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 show that he's on now is is really funny, full of like trophy shit and like, uh, I'll, I'll take the Duffy Wrestling League uh, DLC on the AEW video game if they ever wanna wanna do that. But um, I I I think you know the people that actually watch that show really enjoy it. Um, but and he's always a part of All In, like that's that's really cool. Yeah, um, uh, cool. he he loves wrestling, so cool. Was that the
1: opener <laughs> of the pre show with Daniels? I can't remember. That was the second match. Okay, second match. Yeah. So I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know. Have an answer for that. I really don't know.
3: He's fine. He's suitable. I yeah. Mean, he's cool.
1: Like I don't mean in no bad way, dismissive way. But I just I really don't know. Like there are so many people that are fans of wrestling. Um. Like how about this? I put him below Wale. How about that?
3: Wale. Wale is super high among my list. Wale is probably like. A nine out of ten. I also put him, like
1: also put him below Giannis because Giannis was that man was fucking hyped for that match, those <laughs> matches in Milwaukee. That man was geeky yeah. to be out there. Like that man was like, "This is the this is the most exciting thing to have in Milwaukee since Milwaukee since me, nigga." Like, <laughs> I'm, so, I I'm so happy this is here. <laughs> I'm tired of yeah, everything know. relying on me <laughs> for the entertainment.
3: <laughs> Stress off my back.
1: Yeah. Also, what the fuck is he still doing in Milwaukee during the offseason? Take your ass back to Greece and get on the, get in front of that good son. What you doing, man?
4: I guess it's taxing him to go out the country. <laughs> I guess um, so. Yeah, uh Floyd weighed in, he said, uh, Mel loves wrestling so much he literally created a show. So I um, mean good on him. Um Yeah, did he
3: wrestle a four star match at WrestleMania with three months worth of, of training? He did He not. did not bad Bunny is a canadian destroyer shut up i don't want to hear nothing well, I mean, th-
1: then there's also like rousey so there's also that too there's also people like that were like yeah oh. i'm going to i'm going to let Vince man book me into oblivion over a span of a year and i lose a lot of goodwill over it
4: um so dre zero says who won the aw title first danielson or cm punk Ooh. hot take i don't think cm punk's ever gonna win it
3: i don't think cm punk wins it um I I um, CM Punk. Okay, so there are certain wrestlers that should never pivot out of their spectrums, right? Um, when you get into a certain spot, like I don't ever want John Cena to ever be a heel at this point. There's no reason. It's way too late. It's it's way too late. There's there's that should that should never happen. Um, Moxley, Moxley should never be a face he should always be a tweener or a heel like i don't see a a a true 100% face moxley working for me um when i look at cm punk he is like since he's came back he's going to be the pent ultimate face he's always going to be cheered like there's no reason that he should be put in a booking position where people feel the need to boo CM Punk. I think that is a mistake. I think that's a booking mistake. I think that's a merchandise mistake. Um, and because of that reason, I feel as if um, there's no real give um, to him being a champion because Dan Danielson should be the bigger face out of the two. Um, if one of them is gonna get the belt, uh, and there's only a limited amount of time, I'm gonna to default to Brian. Um
1: Okay, from that perspective of there's only a limited amount of time, then yeah, if it was my choice of who I'd rather see on top in the main events having the big uh matches with the other tops up top of the uh of the promotion, like, you know, the the Young Bucks, uh lucia Bros. Omega types, then yeah, I, I would say Danielson just off the the fact that I'm, you know, the wrestling fan that I am, the type of wrestling fan that I, I am. So I would say yeah, from that perspective, I was, but um, I feel like there's a long, you know, I I feel like he's talked about, you know, he set himself, I feel like he set himself up for a long journey to then get to that CM Punk. Um, and the way that they put Brian out there at the front is almost like. Mm they could put the belt on, on Bryanson, but I doubt it. So, uh... I'm sorry, Daniel said Bryanson. Um... Uh, so, I, I...
3: We're all getting used to it. Yeah, so. man.
1: Yeah, like, it's like... And I feel bad, because, like, it's his real fucking name. <laughs> I am watching his real name. So, uh... So, for me, I think, like, because they put Brian out front first and he's going to kind of like get done. He's going to basically like cycle through first and then like have to loop back around and take the long path again. Mm -hmm. I would say that like, I would just bet on, I would just bet on CM Punk, but ultimately if it were me and I had to choose between those two based off of like where they are right now in the ring, it it would be, it would be Brian.
4: Uh, Bruce in the comments says, uh, neither needs to win the belt so that could um, be that i
1: mean i don't really i don't think we're necessarily hurting for uh either one of them to be the champion right now in in any way shape or form right now so i don't i don't disagree
4: um sam says uh, was that the best k omega match we've seen in aw not really a grand slam question but what other legends do you think aw should try to get in their video game
1: wait was that two questions or one question mm-hmm.
2: Two questions.
1: <laughs> okay, so the first question was that big, uh, was that Omega's best match in AEW? No, his uh, the match at Revolution last year with uh, him ver, him with Hangman versus the Young Bucks is his best match in AEW. I, yes, and agreed. I agreed. And for rewatch purposes, I believe that his that when we look back in like two three years and just pull it up or whatever else, I would I think that his match with Phoenix from earlier in this year. His title defense and then his match in the Ironman match against Pac were both better than uh, this Bryanson match on a, on a rewatch thing. First watch, I see why people loved it more, but I think on rewatch, you I think those matches were better too.
4: Um, I feel like I'm choosing between that. my kids, so like, <laughs> that I don't have. So and we're talking about all matches. I gave five stars, so I don't know. Um. Right now, I'm feeling like this one was was, was the best uh, singles match. At least uh, the overall is is the tag team match, no question. Uh, if you want to know how I felt about that match, check the archive last year of our um, our AEW end of the year review. But um, yeah, yeah, um, I'll probably go this one. It's
3: tough. The Pac match has its own charm. So does like the Ray Phoenix one. Uh, yeah. i'll probably i mean i've i watched the Pac match i love the Pac match out of the three matches that you guys have brought up that's my favorite one um you guys already know how i feel about the young bucks so um like i i get why that match is great i know that match is great i thought the match is great but it's not my own personal favorite but that's just because i never subscribed to the style um but I'll probably defer to this match with Brian.
1: Okay. And what was the part two of that? Uh, of the, what was the second question?
3: I so said, what are the legends
4: do you think AW should try to get in their video game?
1: Oh, I mean, just like all the, I mean, all the all Japan wrestlers from the eighties and nineties, like double yes. Saruta, Baba, uh, Masawa, Kibashi, Tao, Tau- like, yeah, four pillars, uh, you know, Akiyama, um, I think they
4: got to get Aja Kong with a throwback Aja Kong version, like a, a mid '90s version of Aja Kong. A '94 Aja Kong. Yes.
1: Where everything's on a hundred, all our attributes are hundred. Yes. Okay.
4: Um, I I think they should try to go after as many people that aren't on Legends deals as possible like all the people that have like kind of made like one-off appearances so uh, making almost the like the uh
1: what was it the like the revenge in the uh in the yeah, in like wcw stuff. versus like, yeah, the world like, yeah get the get yeah add everybody in and whatever else and then yeah that'd be fun and it, then it, it's like an easy dlc you make more money
4: yeah. um and last question um, from, comes from Imp. What's up, Imp? Uh, check out uh, James's show uh, with Imp and also Sam's show with Imp uh, reviewing Grand Slam. Uh, that was earlier today. Um, he says, Who would be your top candidates to be the first champion for the rumored women's TBS title?
1: Okay, so.
4: I've got the ladies roster here if you guys need it.
1: Okay, so for me. Um,
3: Brandy Rhodes Ultimate Heat. Oh my God.
1: Okay, so for me, thinking about what the thinking about like, uh, and I've said this to Rich before, like the TNT title and the AEW World title kind of have a similar, uh, a similar like meeting at like the Stardom t- top titles. Like the red t- the red belt World of Stardom title in the AEW World title symbolizes like who is the best wrestler in your company, who is just the best. Like the best worker slash best wrestler slash person's gonna main event. Like, who is that? That is the person. And then like the uh, the TNT title and the white belt, the or stardom title is like the is like the person that more fits. Like, who is the face slash spirit of your promotion or be- who best fits the spirit of your promotion at that particular time? Like, so when you see Cody is the first champion, you see Darby. When you see um, Miro. Um, come in and do do what he's doing right now, and, and on a on successful run with is it. like is like that is like maybe not sometimes can even be considered the best at depending on the time, but like that is a per, like Darby and Cody like exemplify like what the what the face the, like the face of the brand right like so when y'all say you know um CM Punk may never be the um AW World Champion I could see him being the TNT Champion like absolutely so um. If they're going to do that for the the T, the TBS <laughs> women's title, I'm thinking someone like Statlander. I'm thinking that somebody would. like Red Velvet. Um, you know, like those are two people that come to mind for me. Um, two people that like I enjoy watching when they come out and also like just like the grind. Like you look at a lot of the girls that came out through um through Dark or whatever else. Like, I would love her them to get the TBS and then take it on to eventually, you know, becoming a women's world champion for AEW over time like, because like I, I really enjoy watching Redville whenever I've seen her I really enjoy watching like Stat um, and Stat's super over and you know, has the goofy thing with uh the, the boop and all that kind of stuff, so like I think that would be perfectly fitting for her
4: Um, I like what Serena Deeb did with the NWA women's uh, belt as kind of like a de facto secondary belt I wouldn't mind seeing her run it back uh with a couple you know defenses also she is sitting out there like <laughs> so probably one of those two for me uh but yeah those are all our questions so let me um pull up the card for extreme rules a very unextreme show on paper it looks like but really? um very yeah, very not, not many stipulations in fact i think just one match might might have a stipulation
2: yeah, um
4: man. yeah just one um only six matches announced. I don't know if there's more to come on SmackDown. Um, no WWE Championship on, on the card right now. Wait, a um, oh,
1: WWE Championship? Okay, I thought you meant like. Yeah. Okay, so the the Finn Balor match where he's a curve, <laughs> where he's a uh, he's a speed bump on the way to Brock Lesnar is still on, uh, right? I, I get, do you want? I guess we got to start there, right?
4: Let's start there. Extreme Rules match for the WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns will be defending against the Demon.
3: So I have lots of issues um with this particular booking. Um I don't know where I should even start. Well, well let's do
1: this. Let's go through like give us a, a short rundown of since Balor came back to to like where we are before the go home show, like what has Balor done to garner uh the title shot? Um like what 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 happened? Like did he go on a win streak? Did he start beating people? Did he get any key
3: victories? So what had happened was um Oh man, a three. he started what was. So what had happened was um Roman was beating the in world beater mode, he's been beating people, right. cool cool, whatever. Roman basically stated that he didn't have any competition um and balor returned balor got a really big pop balor called his shot and malarkey ensued um roman then was like you acknowledge me i'm gonna accept this challenge because i feel that you are actually somebody up to the challenge so he put balor over we already know how good finn balor is um i think anybody in the know, I mean honestly Finn Balor is the most influential wrestler of this generation for more reasons than one Um, and I was more than happy to see Finn Balor back in a top of the card position John Cena for weeks was running down on Roman, they had this big um, segment where they are going to do the contract signing for SummerSlam Corbin tried to steal his attempt, um, da 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 da. Malarkey ensued. John Cena signed the contract and said, and then we got the Summerslam match. Okay. Instead, after Summerslam, Finn Balor was like, "I'm pissed. This, that, and the third. They kept me off TV. Cena fucked up my chances. I'm going to handle him later. Seeds. Um, and uh, but now I'm going to fuck up." Corbin because he fucked up my SummerSlam. He proceeded to beat the brakes off Corbin. That continued Corbin's storyline. Um, and then he went back to Roman like, hey, I can beat you. I know I can beat you. Let's run it. Um,
1: did they acknowledge that he beat him before?
3: They subtly did. Roman did, during their buildup, initially, Roman made the mention that Finn was worthy and that he was worthy because of his skill set um and that he was somebody that could challenge him but he's gonna (laughs) smash him like he smashed everybody else and then be done with it blah 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 blah.
1: so he didn't Um, acknowledge it
3: It okay (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) ironically
4: Roman Reigns not acknowledging
3: yeah he he, (sighs) he didn't want to give him the full um he didn't give him the full uh nod but it was a little bit different in the in the sense of he hadn't really given any type of respect to anybody like he's just been like yo i'm gonna fuck you up like to literally everybody that has showed up this is the first person that he was like yo i'm accepting your challenge because you actually deserve it those were his his words like Mm. you deserve but i'm gonna beat you up i'm gonna smash you um they had a banger um three seven five four star match on smackdown Um, where Finn was 100% going to win the match. Um, Interference shenanigans happened. Um, Roman ended up eking it out. Obviously, there's been the Brock Lesnar drama brewing all around. So at the end of the match, um, Roman was leaving, going up the interest ramp, and we got the heartbeat. And everybody was like, Okay all right um and instead of me thinking yo we already have this brock drama that's going on they're going to give finn the belt as the demon like that seems like a very smart play it doesn't the demon doesn't have to show up tomorrow the demon can show up in a few weeks in a few months but if you're telling me that you're going to give me Demon Finn Balor and that's going to be the guy to beat Roman Reigns, I'm 100% with it. I'm 100% bought in on this. There's already the baked-in story that Finn has beat, Roman. There's already the baked-in story that Finn never actually lost a Universal title. And he really hasn't gotten a fair shake at it, truly. Except Ooh. for Brock Lesnar beat him in seven minutes. Except for that bullshit. But that was just bad booking. <laughs> um, That that, that match have never taken place. Um like cool I'm, I'm with this this is fine you don't have to rush this and then what did the company do they rushed it and they're literally like yeah demon versus Roman at extreme rules even though we already know that crown jewel is happening and honestly can crown jewel happen without the belt no because Brock has already made his intentions clear that he wants to fight Roman for the belt so really Sunday is about finding out how they're going to beat Finn and protect the demon or are they just going to be like fuck it feed him <laughs> feed, feed him the Roman. Roman because now it's just like who beats Roman who who really beats Roman who who do you brawn breaker like, like who's <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, it's
3: it, like we we talked about
4: it um the week that the PWI 500 came out like I think people are evaluating Roman Reigns' title wrong title reign wrong in the fact when they're looking at it who's going to beat him it's like it's stories about him beating everybody and I, I know the 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 natural way is to think well when's it going to end but
1: yeah because I, like I, most wrestler emotions have a top hero champion or at least this one did historically had a top hero champion on top during like their most successful runs and then like they booked this guy to be the guy for years and he became the guy and they fucked it up so bad that like he never reached his full potential as a baby face and then now like they basically said hey like we can't do shit except book people as hills anyway and we're a heat company now so let's just make him the top star while being a hill and that's where we're at right now with him yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, apologies to Finn Balor. He did not get beat by Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble 2019 in seven minutes. He got beat inside of nine. Sorry.
3: Fair. Um, I do think that the answer to who beats Roman is the one that's staring us in our in our face, and it's not something that I actually even agree with. But I do think it ends up being Seth. Um, I think that they're taking the very. They're taking a the long road home um, to he have got
4: both it, his heels. So th- there's no reason for them to, 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 cr- to cross paths right now.
3: It, it, but I, I definitely feel that it is Seth. Um, they've planted enough seeds for it um, and they've kept them away from each other. And really, I, I don't know how they've actually done this as well as they have, because WWE, is obviously, um, issue- they have issues with hot-shotting things um, at the wrong time. But they've always teased the tension. They've shown them in backstage segments interacting with each other. And then there's been times where, obviously, Seth has been wanting to go for the Universal Championship and has not been in that program, whether he lost at Money in the Bank or because of Edge or whatever the case may be. Blase, blase, blah. Um, I do think that's probably the right answer. Um, Roman has not beaten Seth, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it's like, how do you get there? Because
4: you 10 concurrent viewers right now on stream. Shout out to everybody.
3: Nice. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know how you even make that happen. Um, because Seth is doing pretty well as a heel, um, i i I don't know but yeah I, i obviously finn and roman are gonna have a great match um those are two good workers they've always had great chemistry with each other their match on smackdown was great their first initial touch on raw when they rebooted however many years ago was great um i can't imagine the match being bad i just think that it it kind of sucks because we know that a fuck finish is coming at best and at worst um, demon is getting fed for what like it's
1: a it's a neat little gimmick that vips was never behind or quickly soured on once he realized that like he wanted to turn the paint into some type of lore and Lord, that he came up with sucked
3: yeah you know um
1: so so therefore because he 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 tanked it then like he doesn't have use for it except to bring it out to give you the hope that like you're gonna do something really cool with it and then but and maybe they do but i seriously doubt that i gonna lose to that dude
3: yeah i mean unless the only and the only thing is is like man um and this doesn't even make sense this is like me trying to get creative for creative it's like what if what if what if he actually wins then what do you turn like the match at you know crown jewel into a triple threat and this is like a roundabout fuck way to get the belt on Brock
1: without beating Roman
3: without beating Roman and they
1: can like get to Wrestlemania and do it again
4: uh, a couple comments. Um, Diogo, he says, basically, if you ignore all of WWE's narrative missteps, they are great storytellers. Uh, <laughs> then Bruce, Bruce says, I think the bigger question is, how will Heyman cause Reigns the
1: title? Um, how will Heyman... We'll see. I don't know, man. Like, you know, he, he, uh, I don't know. I I haven't really thought about it. I'm not really that invested to think of, like, the the melodrama at play, uh, between Heyman and the love triangle between Heyman and Lesnar and, and, uh, Roman. I haven't really thought about it. Uh, but, you know, eventually you're going to have a match and you're going to have, and then it's going to be the whole thing's going to be who's going, who's he going to side with? And that will decide who wins. So.
4: Yeah. I I find it pretty boring to to be honest, but um, I, I I'm I never picking want to see the Roman again.
1: So that's really yeah. what it comes down to.
4: I, I'm picking Roman with with a choke out. He chokes out the uh, supernatural being.
1: Um, I don't know how he wins, but Roman's going to win and then go to Saudi Arabia and fight with Brock for the belt, and who knows what happens.
3: Yeah, who knows what happens. Um, I. I feel of, um, I feel a disqualification. <laughs> I feel a disqualification. I feel. like... in an extreme rules match, it's not. It's not. You
2: lucked, hey,
1: you lucky. lucky. It, it is. You lucky. It's not is. a ref stoppage in a. Uh, yeah. In a, in oh, a goddamn. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah. Then a ref stoppage is going to go to ref stoppage. Like he's going to, he's going to spear this man, and he's going to kick out, and he's going to get pissed and like just beat him to death. With a chair, and that's just gonna be that.
1: Don't um, do this, Fergal. You gonna fucking kill this guy? Like, come on, man. Like, nah, don't. Yeah. Don't, don't. It's
3: not you, Colby. It's
1: not. It's not you. It's not. It's don't. Don't. Don't do this, Fergal. Don't do this. Like, it it
3: needs. On, it man. needs. To, it needs to end like KO versus Sammy yeah, in the NXT. I,
4: I, I've never asked you about this, Rob, but how painful was watching that Hell in a Cell match <sighs> with Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt?
1: We short on time, man. <laughs>
4: The man's entire face dropped. Amazing. No answers required.
3: It was, it was tough, bro. It was tough. It That's was tough. tough. That's tough.
1: Hot show in the back cooking up. That's tough. That's tough.
3: Um, There's a situation that I had one time where I was called to a hotel and um, there was a woman that was there and um, we hung out and then she called another woman and I was like oh this is happening and then uh, we ended up playing Uno that's how I felt about watching Seth and Bray Wyatt it was like <laughs> this is like the greatest thing that could ever possibly happen and then it was draw the worst thing that could have exactly. I got hit with multiple draw fours. Um, that match was god awful, and um, it was also the wrong. It was the wrong. It was it was the wrong. It was the wrong dynamic. Wrong, wrong dynamic, and and you guys know how much I love Seth Rollins and I was in the chat like, yo, I cannot wait for Bray to just destroy this man in two minutes and just take the belt. That was what was supposed to happen. That's all that needed to happen and instead you took it to Saudi Arabia. Alright, next next match.
4: Yeah, uh, we got Becky Lynch returned defending against Bianca Belair. Um, it really feels like the first time, like, I don't know, uh, Becky's not losing here. Um, it's going to make what happened to Bianca at SummerSlam even more awkward. And uh, I feel like she's on the draft list and Bianca might get shipped off to the, to start wearing the blood colors.
3: Um, It depends. Um, it, de- it depends. Like what do you do with, you know, street profits, do Because obviously, you know, they're going to, if anything, they'll move street profits as well if they decide to move Bianca. Yeah, they don't care about that. They haven't
1: even been on pay per view this year. So, like, um, yeah, move them. They don't care.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's like, d- does Bianca beat Charlotte eventually? Like, if that's, if, if, if your goal was to establish, um, First of all, I disagree with the SummerSlam decision. I'll always disagree with the SummerSlam decision. But let's just say that we're trying to make, you know, Bianca into the ultimate face and, you know, Becky wins on Sunday by nefarious means or whatever, and then Bianca gets shipped out. Um, I guess I'm okay with it if it ends with her beating Charlotte. Like, if you're gonna give her that rub to where, okay, now, yeah, she didn't beat becky but she beat charlotte who's obviously the better wrestler of the two and the more decorated wrestler of the two in order to pad bianca's face status i guess i'm okay with it um but i don't trust the company enough to even think that through or do that the correct way so i'm really on pins and needles about it um i guess the the best i guess way that this could work out is if If Liv Morgan is your guys' next project in order to make a baby face and you're really going to get behind her because the crowd is obviously hot for Liv Morgan, the general consensus is that we like Liv, then you do have to move Bianca out of the way because you can't have Bianca as your top face and then Liv just kind of, you know, there. Um, As you guys have so eloquently stated, this is a heel company, so... You can't have more than one face. You only could have one. So, um
1: apparently.
4: Ain't that a bitch?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Um (laughs) I I, um I just I just I don't know, man. I don't I'm not really invested in the program. I'm invested in Bianca and um it's just really a wait and see. It'd be hilarious if Becky lost, but I don't It'd see be it. It'd be fucking
1: stupid. It, it would be dumber it, it than... It would
3: be it, bad for either of them to it lose. It would
1: be dumber uh, than what happened at SummerSlam if Bianca won.
3: Honestly, the best booking decision is when they had that elimination match because um, that's how they 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 decided the number one contendership. Um, it was between Carmella, Zelina, Liv, and Bianca. Bianca's
1: already beaten. So, Bianca had to beat the much people she already beaten to prove that she needed the title shot?
3: Well, correct. All right. Um, and I don't think that she really has beaten Liv recently. She's beaten the breaks off of Zelina and Carmella, yes. which we already do. Yes. And those two were the first to be eliminated. But I would have liked, storytelling wise, if when those two were eliminated, Liv pulled out the schoolboy and. Mm upset and we would have gotten extreme rules, Becky versus Liv. Let's get Liv out into a, a championship match. Let's start building her up. Obviously you know she would lose, but like we said earlier tonight, we need to see those matches where we think that the swerve can happen, where the impossible becomes the possible, and then you yank it back. Um, I think that would have been a star-making mo- mo- moment for Liv, and Bianca could start working to try to redeem herself For the 26 minutes, you know, um, because we wouldn't have gotten Bianca, Becky, until probably like TLC or Royal Rumble that way.
4: I think that's a lot
3: smarter. You know, we would have had Crown Jewel. That would have happened. And then we would naturally would have had Survivor Series. And then going into TLC, Bianca has done enough to where she can now call her shot. um, Be like, yo, you owe me my fade.
1: Yeah. From Summerstam.
3: I haven't forgotten. Um, yeah, Yeah. And you know, you could have had the TLC match. The TLC match could have went um, you know, Becky's way, and then you could have just ran it back one more time at Royal Rumble and put a bow on it. We're done. Um But, you know, um I'm not a booker.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um I don't know, man. This is, like, this is so weird. It's so weird to, like, think about, like, what what I thought of I'm even gonna say what I thought. What I thought of Becky Lynch and what, like, she meant to me as a wrestling fan in 2018 and in 2019, parts 2019, and to think that, like, she is back and she's gonna be wrestling somebody like Bianca Belair, and I'm just, like, I this this. I don't give a flying fuck. Um,
3: Clip it. I, <laughs> Clip it. Like,
1: they, like, what they, the damage that they, like, not even, I want to say the damage, not even, I don't want to go that far, but like, the the carelessness of, like, the fragility of all of this stuff involving them building stars in this company and the lack of faith in um, watchers, long time watchers have and building stars in this company for them to do this to Bianca thinking thinking that like people will flock to her like uh, because we martyred her like doing Daniel Bryan booking again like it's still 2013 and 14 that y'all really did on accident uh, but I've been trying to do the last seven years on purpose just like
3: once no I one saw, should Daniel Bryan booking. No one should ever have Brian Right, like that's like, I'm right. sorry, we
4: all like Bianca Belair, but she's not the American fucking dragon. Like, sorry. Right.
3: And and also
1: like she's not a fucking underdog or like you betray her like that. Don't I ain't never seen nothing that look like that being being called or considered an underdog. So I don't know what the hell y'all talking about. But uh, I think it was last week they were in Knoxville and she came out in all, in all the orange and then she got fucking left laying by Beck and I was like. Who is this for? What is this? What is this insurance? We'll never get me? it. Um, so whatever, man. Um, hopefully, like Bianca has had a lot of really good pay per view matches this year. So, um, hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll have one. But I do not think that she will be leaving with the SmackDown Women's title. Um, and she will apparently be getting demoted to Raw for what reason. I don't know. Um,
3: Oh, to like, boost the crime rate, like we're I, I crap, just, I just,
1: so. I, I, yeah. But the thing for me is like, there's no, there, there's no saving Charlotte. It, there's no saving whatever uh division Charlotte's on. Like, it's just too toxic around her. She's a, she's a great wrestler. Yeah. Um, I would say I would go as far as saying she's the second best uh American women's professional wrestler ever, under my estimation. But um. There's just too much toxicity around her for the last three years or so. And, like, being in a title feud means nothing because you're going to be in there and then you're going to win the belt and then you're going to lose it back and then she's going to win it and then we'll go on somewhere else. And it's always fucking hot potato-y. It's been hot potato Like, she hasn't had a title feud that's mattered since, like, 2018. So, um, like, for me, it's just like, great, now Bianca, Bianca got super over one of the only like the one of the best stories 2021 in this company, maybe the best story of the year in like, what did she get for it?
4: <sighs> Shit on. <laughs> she,
1: she got, she got demoted to raw and now she's going to be out there basically like sometime like wrestling Nikki Ash uh, or like, you know, whatever, like Tamina. It's, uh, it, it's just, it's so weird bro. Like, it's weird, like everything around Charlotte the last few years, just like, and, and she's had some really good matches, some, even some great matches since come since all that, and it's just like, so now what after after when you go back to TV, what's going to happen? Are you going to have a good few? No, it's like it, 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 it just it. yeah.
4: We should move on to that Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss for oh the God Raw Women's God. Championship. Uh, yeah, also I'll I'll take. Becky actually getting herself disqualified. Oh, <laughs> oh,
2: that's,
3: that's smart. That's actually really, yeah, that's probably the smartest way to book that. Um, but yeah, uh, in my mind, I all like you, you, you never bet against Charlotte. Charlotte is like Tom Brady. You just don't do that. It's stupid. Um, you know, Charlotte doesn't lose until it's time for her to lose. Um, which is usually like the very last moment that you can like stand her. But, I have this really weird feeling of like, what if this company is really trying to make Alexa bliss, uh, a, a, you know, top of the card again. Um,
4: I have that same fear, especially with the, the gimmick passing of, of Wyatt. And, you know, they, they'll, they'll take a belt off Charlotte, like to put it back
3: on her. Exactly. Exactly. So there's this, there's, I have this really weird inkling. There's just this, this feeling um, that um, whether it's mental magic hijinks or by sheer whatever, Charlotte loses. I, I, I don't think that that's the case. I do feel that Charlotte will walk away with the belt um, come Sunday. But mark my words, if Charlotte does lose for any reason, I won't be surprised um i do have this just this i just have this like gut feeling like they're trying to really put stock back in alexa bliss and i mean it's been a long time it it has been a long time you know they really kept her away from the main event for a a good bit 3 years and- more than that it could be that it could just be that time where they're like, yo, you know, you did X, Y, Z. And um, there we go. We're, we're, we're back at it, you know. So
2: <laughs>
1: back like
3: <sighs> crack, baby, yeah.
1: like we gave you we gave you uh, a, a push and you had a bunch of mediocre wrestling matches and a bunch of like really bad feuds. And then we like moved you around and like you, you did almost no uh, good television. And so now it's time to reward you by putting you back on top. Outstanding. <laughs> I'm was, I was fucking standing. Anyway, um,
4: girl, you knocked me out. <laughs>
1: maybe one shout. Anyway, uh, so for now, now I got Charlie Wilson in my head. Thanks, Rich. Um, so. <laughs> tanya the other day was saying that she thinks that alexa will win uh the title or charlotte will not be the champion by the time we get to survivor series and it made me think well it's not going if it's if charlotte's not going into survivor series to defend against the or not defend but uh have the the the, you know tv champion tv champion uh deal that they have uh for survivor series then that means i guess they would have to go to alexa and I thought to myself, like, if they do Alexa, knowing that they do all these these sh- terrible matches, everyone hates, or not everyone, but, like, most people think are stupid, um, and what happened to Becky Lynch, and then I'm just like, well, it's already happening to Charlotte, so, like, who cares? Like, I guess... Like, I don't know what's gonna happen with this, but like, sure, a title change makes sense because they're still, you know, they took those title sh- reigns away from her after adding them, then took them away, so, so they have to get to 16, even though, like, they, they don't even acknowledge Ric Flair's existence anymore, uh, apparently. So it's like, but, so what's 16 for? What's he chasing? Who's, who's, who has 16 that you're chasing? Oh, you don't know that person. So why the fuck are we doing it? And now it makes you look back over to, over since 2015, oh, and now it's you're just like, why the fuck did we do this? What the fuck was this all for? So bad. We put uh, we put Charlotte Flair in the main event of WrestleMania and didn't make it one iota better. And then we beat Ronda Rousey, except for she had her fucking shoulder the whole time. I, I'm I'm just done with I'm just done with everything involving Charlotte. It is not her fault. is it's what is what happens when Vince McMahon sees Randy Orton or sees Roman Reigns or sees Charlotte Flair. They just don't. He doesn't know how to fucking. Uh, Treat this, treat these people like what they actually have produced, and just like real, and just loses their fucking mind. Like, luckily,
4: it it, nepotism, huh?
1: Luckily, it took <laughs> Luckily, it took months and months and months for Roman to say, "I'm leaving. I'm not coming back until you turn me heel because you fucked up my baby face run when it was a slam dunk. I beat fucking cancer, so like, I'm, <laughs> I've had enough." I, I'm si- I'm sick of I'm sick of Vince's Vince's favorites like getting fucked up even though these people are otherwise very talented and then I have to be, and it has to be a fucking drag to follow everything around them and then the discourse around them it's exhausting like I'm just I'm just, ah
3: goddamn I didn't know how much I didn't know how much that I liked Randy Orton until last year I didn't realize that I liked Randy Orton I I appreciated Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. Um, I got why Randy Orton was a big deal. But after years and years and years of him being placed in these, you know, being basically opposite of Cena for however long and doing best of 500 series with super Cena. And then obviously the issue with Daniel Bryan um, and how that all played out and where Randy was placed in the middle of that. I just harbored so much resentment towards his character. And then once he got in his heel bag last year, I was like, wait a minute. This is really good. And minus the extra long extravaganza that was the Edge and Orton match. Everything that Orton did last year was fucking flames. And then for him to almost make me like Riddle, (laughs) is <laughs> nuts, bro. Like it's nuts. Like real is a piece of shit. And I'm like and I just think about how bad he was booked because he was Vince's favorite. Like you 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 have Roman come back from leukemia and you book him in a cold feud with fucking bland ass white rice Drew McIntyre. And like that's the best that you can do, man come on bro like, and
1: then you had and then the heat was drew mcintyre saying that like i'm i'm gonna treat you worse than the cancer you just survived like fuck off fuck all y'all for this like that shit's stupid
4: like, like and then the rest of the year like the <sighs> the, the the shit sandwich like oh that, my god that, they got him hey, and daniel
1: Bryan got left off SummerSlam that year jesus fucking christ yeah. what is wrong with this company what the fuck is wrong with this man daniel Bryan and Reigns were left off of SummerSlam. Oh my god, I can't believe
4: Yeah, they, they, why do we cover this? Women-
1: why do we cover this, Rich?
4: Look, I, I was already out on WWE at that point. Like,
1: oh I was just waiting for AEW. I'm sorry. Like, I did, like, I was, I, it, I did not know that I had this rage within me <laughs> until <laughs> it just came out in the last like six, 10 minutes. I just, Oh my God! Like yo, I I don't have the patience for this anymore. Like I will watch pay per views because I do, but like just like going back over these people that they've already fucked up in certain ways, and then they have to go back and, they have to, and then like they try to pretend that like they didn't fuck them up, and then they they pretend like shit didn't happen. Like Finn Balor didn't like you know get, get destroyed by uh by um not or by Brock Lesnar before and all this stuff. It's just like yo, like what are we? Do? <sighs> All right, what's next? Like, or, 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 sorry, where were we? Where were we?
4: let uh, Charlotte versus Alexa. I'm going to pick the upset. I'm, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's go with the upset.
1: Yeah, yes. uh, um, that, I guess that'd be more fun if like she blows miss on her face or some shit. Or actually, no, she doesn't blow miss. Or mind controls are into laying yeah. the fuck down. Sure. Yeah, mind rapes are into laying down to get pinned. Why not? Whatever. Uh, it's just mind uh, rape. <laughs>
4: <laughs> got the Usos versus the Street Profits, so um, lots, hopefully the they get lots of time
1: oh Street Profits on pay-per-view
4: it looks yeah. like they made the card
1: ah yeah. nine ah. months it took them all right um yeah like I really like their match from last year I think it was Survivor Series last year with uh the New Day the New Day functioned as Hills so and made that work uh the Usos have always been better at working Hill than the New Day have so um should be should be the best match on the card uh well let me phrase that would be the best match on the card it like any other regular uh, old wrestling promotion aside from this one if it's a man control so we'll see how that goes they might they might they might go four minutes and then they and then they just stop the stop the the ref just calls it a draw and call and says move to the back because there's a promo for the back from Drew uh Braun Strowman not Braun Strowman uh Drew Drew McIntyre what Corbin. So, Corbin's who I'm thinking of. So why someone not? Someone
4: may get hit by a bus during the match. Why? Because
1: shit just happens. I don't know. <laughs> they, cut to, they cut to the back because Vince may just pulled up in a limo. And they never get back to the match in the ring. Oh my god. Um,
4: uh, I, I think this should be good. Um, <laughs> this the, should be good. Yeah, it should be good. That, that That's all I got for you on that. Um... U.S. title, uh, Damian Priest versus Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. I believe Jeff Hardy earned his way into this match as
3: well. Yeah, um, Jeff Hardy's just there to take the pin, though. It'll be it'll be a very physical match. Jeff Hardy's going to be two two bumps that he shouldn't do, like two more bumps past what he should be doing. Um, I think you know um, we'll get enjoyment out of it. It'll be a three star match at best. Priest retains shouldn't be anything crazy i think this is just going to be something for to elongate the feud between him and sheamus um until we can have sheamus lose and then go do something else um sheamus should definitely move away from this feud and be biggie's first feud for the world title um after biggie's done with lashley i think him going against another former world champion who is a very bruiser style um big guy um would definitely help Biggie's reign in the long term. And during the beginning of the pandemic, um or the beginning of the brand split where Big E was drafted to SmackDown alone. He had a few matches with Sheamus, and they were physical. They're they're really good hoss matches. I think they'll be able to recapture that magic um and with more time do even better business. So um I think that's how that plays out.
4: Uh, I like Sheamus and Priest's match from SummerSlam. Same. Just tell Jeff Hardy to fly around like a gnat.
1: So, Basically. Um, did we ever get closure or a payoff on Sheamus last year during the pandemic framing Jeff Hardy for a hit and run on Elias? What was, the, what was, the, what was it? What was the... It was
3: their payoff. It was payoff. Um, they had their match, and I think Jeff Hardy won, uh, but they did <laughs> reference um their feud last year um this past week they did make mef- reference to it that they did had a damn near a blood feud um and that they have history and blase blase blah, blah so um they actually did call that back,
1: okay, so somebody hit somebody with a car, but noah ended up in jail,
3: yeah, you know i oh, mean well, it's pro it is pro wrestling
1: it is pro pro wrestling,
3: wrestling. it's pro wrestling. Um, bro.
1: Yeah, so uh yeah, I like this match it should just be easy. It should just be the easy breezy fun and um you know the Jeff Hardy thing might be he might be there to take the pin, I don't know, but between those three they should be able to come up with a fun wrestling match. They should be able to. Any other um, motion they would.
4: Will Damian Priest induct Jeff Hardy into the the mesh militia? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shit, what you mean induct? Jeff Hardy was the originator of the mesh militia. What the fuck you mean? <laughs> he's the first person i ever seen. Wait a second. Why is his shirt... Wait, is that... What is that? Yeah, he's the first person i ever seen with a mesh shirt and pro wrestling I can think of. So, him and him and Matt both. So, yeah. That's the cool. originators.
3: Uh,
4: Car- Carmella and Liv Morgan. Um, take a pick, fellas.
3: Oh, it definitely has to go to Liv. Um, if... If... And... And you know, this is uh this is probably like you guys are probably gonna take this as a very crazy statement. But if Liv Morgan loses tomorrow or Sunday, it'll be by and far the absolute worst booking decision that they could make all week. Because it's literally the one thing that makes sense on the whole entire card. You can look you can look at the card up and down. There's different arguments that you can make. We can sit mm-hmm. there and go back logistics here, there, everywhere, blah, mm-hmm. zay, blah, zay, blah, But Liv Morgan, they've been treating as a pet project to get garner her face reactions, to have the crowd buy into her. Ever since she was uh, a crowd fake crowd lesbian. Yes. Um, they're doing all of this, and Carmella has absolutely no traction whatsoever I mean, it's Carmella. Like, hey, hey, Becky put, beat her ass at
1: SummerSlam. Yeah, bring look, bring yeah. Carmella in. Bring uh, Liv in. Have Liv uh, kick her fucking head off and pin her.
3: Exactly. That's that's what you need to do. That's literally it. There's like everything else. Any other match you guys can pick, and you could make an argument for whoever. And I I can disagree, mm-hmm. but I can't. In certain instances, I could say there's a wrong decision, but I'm not going to be like, "Ah, oh, man!" Like if Sheamus wins the U.S. title back, like it doesn't necessarily hurt. Doesn't
4: change, priest. Anything. It Ooh. doesn't
3: change anything per se. Like, Ooh. okay, maybe they're moving priest to the main card. Okay, cool. Or the like, main card to so SmackDown. Ah, uh, um, you know, like it, it, things happen, but Carmella getting a win, like, who, I'll, I'll, yeah. No, there's.
1: Yeah, I'm with you.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like once it's, it's, once she came
1: it. out there, to, once she came out to silence in front in that baseball scene, and then Becky came out and then Becky said, "Hold on, I'll be right back," and then beat her ass. I was like, she, that's a geek. Nope. Like you geek. may be able to rehab her, right? But f- right now, for this period of time, that is a geek. So yeah, um, you know, Liv is somebody that you know, while I do not watch the main roster, I do, you know, occasionally check reviews on it, and like, that is somebody that people have people have liked, and talked about, and noted this like, this person is improving, this person um, is somebody you can get behind, and obviously the company has liked her for, since, you know, for a long time, it's just now, they never were able to capitalize on it, and they've done a lot of dumb shit with it, but the crowd, you know, so we'll see, like they should, like you said, they should have her win. And then go from there. Like regardless of whatever else they fuck it up eventually, they should they should definitely not fuck this one up. So I'm um, yeah. It's a layup. It's, it's a layup.
3: Yeah. It's literally there's there's nothing else on the car that goes that screams layup um like this match does. Um yeah. Gotta happen. It yeah, has we, to happen.
1: Do we do winners for predictions for street profits and Usos?
3: Like, uh, legitimate I'll, ones, I'll or maybe we just I'll dismiss... Take, I'll take the Usos.
1: I'll take the Usos as well.
3: Yeah, it has to be the Usos. Um, If... Uh, but I will say this. If the Usos were to lose, shenanigans happened in the main event.
1: Mm, okay. I think, I think I, they win, and they, they're still shenanigans in the main event.
3: Yeah, you know, Um, it, my thing is that the day that... Um, the Usos lose those belts, Roman's days are numbered. Mm. Um, yeah, like the day that, cause it's, it's, that's just what it is. You know, you look at any great stable that has all the gold, when they have the all the gold trope, usually the, the first one that falls is tag teams. So, um, when shit starts to really go south is when the tag teams lose their belt. So um, we will see.
4: Yeah, that, that was our uh, preview for Extreme Rules. Uh, I want to thank Rob for joining us. It was awesome. We're running late into the show late at night, but it looks like we still got, you know, people rocking with us in the Twitch chat. Rob, how can the folks find you?
3: Oh, um, anywhere on social media at GATS813, my website, G A T S 813.com. Yeah, you know, um, I haven't written for Social Suplex in quite some time. You know, maybe I should do that. Um, I've just been really busy being a rapper, which kind of sucks, but I was it's also say, Promote cool. album, sir. Oh, yeah. I did drop an album. I had an album called Robbed, came out. It's on all social media, meet- well, all platforms. So you can find me on Apple Music, Spotify, G A T dollar sign. Don't forget the dollar sign. Had a really cool event with Smoke Dizza. Um, he made fun of my belt. Um, I was tough. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me some grown man bars. Just had to hear those out. Um, but it was fun. It was a good time, man. It's a good time. The sure, show, man. Yeah, like, Thanks, glad man. to have you on. Long overdue. Uh yeah. we'll definitely we gotta have,
4: have you back. on again. Um, um, we'll talk again. more about that that Uno game.
3: Um. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta talk about that off air because.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you know, we understand. We understand. <laughs>
3: oh, cool, man.
2: <laughs> That's how tough it gets. <laughs> I don't know,
4: man. Is this a good place to just wrap it up, James?
1: I'm I'm going to run through this, but uh, but yeah, uh, appreciate you, Rob, and um, I guess you know, uh, Rich, do you want to uh, throw up the layup and then I'll run through this in ten minutes?
3: For sure. I'll, uh, I'll let y'all
1: handle y'all business all right appreciate it no doubt man
3: appreciate you. <laughs> thank you thank you
4: please uh, um so you know as as rob jumps off i guess james there's one thing left to do and this is a live version of this i don't know if i i, I did a live
1: version before but we actually got some people here with us so that's not gonna make this good right Ooh, so I, I mean i don't even know how to do that do i do, do i just do i do it off uh i'm trying to think how do i even get this done have i emailed oh, that to you before
4: you you don't change anything i just do hit the music paste it in later podcast listeners hear it the oh correct yeah way. that's how i but, do
1: that but i'm talking about for the people that are listening do i just skip oh, it
4: oh no nah, the people here like i i'm still gonna do hit the music all right i'll feel okay whatever so, so you know uh james hit the music
1: So yeah, man. So these so and so's, uh, these charlatans, scanned me a- after you know putting up the and Hall from Monday super duper fast. They, it, they the show was on Monday, and it was all up by Monday our time, right?
4: Look at them being and on I'm, a
1: jab, right? So I'm thinking, all right, final show before the for the final. They'll have it up for your boy. And then I've been waiting for hours and hours and hours, and I haven't looked yet, but I, it would be something if it was up right now. It would be something if it was up right now. It is not. So they failed your boy, but that's okay because there's only two matches of consequence that really mattered. So, And there's only three uh, Grand Prix matches on the final night uh, before the uh, the final show. So I went ahead and did that and looked at it, but um, real quick, I wanted to, wanted to point out the, uh, the Corken Hall from Monday had... Um Azumi versus Konami, that matches good as hell. Um it was six minutes, but it was good as hell. I even give it three and a half in like six minutes. Um and then the in the semi-main event, why it wasn't a main event, I have no fucking idea. Well, I do know why, but it's a stupid idea. But um the semi-main event was Takumi versus Utami. That match is fantastic. Um that match might be four and a half stars. It went to a 20-minute draw. Uh also an undercard, because of Julia having to drop out. Um, it had to forfeit all her points in the back half. Momo unofficially has 12 points right now. She's a high man on the block with 12 points. So, um, to Starlight Kid, for Starlight Kid to stay alive, she had to beat Momo. Um, they had a good ass match, uh, like three and three quarters. And then at the end of it, uh, Oedotai, Oedotai helped her cheat. And then she ended up winning with a, uh, crate or the Rana cradle. Um, so she's alive. She will. There. So the main event is Mayu versus Saki. Mayu at that point had, I believe, nine points. And yeah, had nine points. uh Just like Starlight like Kid had, had nine points. So she got to 11 to stay alive. And uh, Mayu had nine points. And uh to stay alive, she had to win they had Saki beat her for no fucking reason so that <laughs> she could be eliminated before on the, on the second to not the second to last show, the uh, third to last show. So she has nothing to fight for other than to play spoiler for starlight kid. Um, and I thought like, that's kind of stupid, but I know why they're doing it and this uh, and it's still stupid, but they did it anyway, but at least they have a reason. So, mm-hmm. um, going forward in that, in that, or in that red block, uh, Himeka is still alive. Uh, she has 10 points um, at play, and she beat Momo. So if she wins against Kaguma um, on the final night, she will be at 12, and she has the tiebreaker over Momo. Uh, like I said, Starlight Kid has the tiebreaker over Momo as well, and my she has to beat Mayu to get through it. I, I think Mayu slams the door shut on her. Um and Momo, because uh, her because Julia, uh, she has twelve points from Julia. She has nothing to play for. She cannot gain anything in the final night. She is not in a match because Ju- her final night match was with Julia. So um, she is in the she is in the clubhouse right now. So um, what I gonna, yeah, so what I think is going to happen is from from the red block perspective is Hameka is going to be Kaguma. Get it twelve points. Get to the final and then lose and then put over whoever wins the blue block. Mayu is going to beat Starlight Kid, um, and then after that, challenge Tam later on in the show after she you know beat a high speed singles champion or whatever. So that is the red block. Um, I, I I I would I would not have beaten Mayu, but like that's the reason why they're doing it so they can have her go out on the win on the big show and then come and challenge later whatever. So, um, the blue block. <laughs> the blue block, the high person is eleven points. Uh, Shuri ends up on this. Uh, at the and Hall, it's a beating. Roaka she becomes a high man at eleven. She has a tiebreaker over Kamatani, so she's eleven. She has eleven. She faces Takumi in final night. So Kamatani, she faces. Uh, on the final night, I cannot remember who she faced for life in me. I, oh, Unagi, Unagi. Um, that's who she faces. Uh, so she had 11, she's at, she's in the clubhouse already with 11 um, until the final night, she can possibly get to 13 if she beat Unagi um, I, I smell a draw or a shock loss so um, the people that are still alive in the blue block at 10 points underneath that you have Konami and Konami has a tiebreaker over Utami, Shuri, and Takumi and um, so she faces Micah in the final night. I think that Mike slams the door shut on her she does not make it to the final. Um, so looking at uh the main event or the sub main event of the Kirkin Hall, you had Takumi versus Utami. Now I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Like Utami, uh the night after ends up getting herself uh oh another W to add to it so she's still alive with ten. Takumi has ten as well. This match, man, like this was a this was a basically took uh, a utami versus utami match except one of the utamis also has kicks <laughs>
2: <laughs> um,
1: and it was just a battle of wills and power and they they're they they went like back and forth like shoulder tackling each other started the match or whatever else it was awesome so um ultimately they end up fighting and fighting and fighting to a 20 uh, minute time limit, and a lot of those near falls at the end were actually convincing, um, and I think that's a tribute to the Utami and uh, Micah match at the opening uh, sh- opening night where Micah beat her, like, with seconds left on the buzzer, so... Right. Um, so, yeah, like, that's, uh, this is one of the best matches of the tournament, like, it, it's, it's probably five, or four, five, it's probably four and a half stars in, in 20 minutes, it was great, but um, uh, but ultimately, that leaves them both at four, two, and two, they both... so shuri on the final night faces takumi um she's in a win and get in situation all she has to do is win um if she ties she leaves herself open to potentially uh getting caught by uh konami which i don't think is going to happen or but uh but she but other people that could possibly get her get uh get past her will also be in ties with her so like it's going to be some real clusterfuck if shuri doesn't actually win um or whatever else or if Utami uh beats Tam and like Takumi and uh Shuri go to a draw like it will be a clusterfuck. So I don't think it's going to happen. I think um Shuri's going to beat Takumi or if they do do a draw like there'll be multiple draws on the card which I think they won't do cuz there's like 10 it'll be 11 matches on the card or 10 matches on the card or whatever. So I don't think that's going to happen. So I think Shuri gets in, makes it, controls her own destiny, beats Takumi um and it goes on to the final round like i i don't see the commentani thing it doesn't really make much sense given who's on the other block that like she's going to win the Cinderella tournament and then win the uh the grand prix while also like uh you know the, the being basically one and three against like or one two and one against like the four biggest competitors in the block like that's really impressive right um like she went to a draw with Takumi. She got beat by Utami. She got beat by Shuri. She caught uh, Tam in a Hurricane Rana crater. Like that's—I don't really think that's necessarily like a world beater there. So, um, <laughs> so I think what happens is either Shuri wins the block and then goes on and faces um, either Momo or Himeka wins and then obviously challenges for the red belt we get in the match at Osaka Joe Hall um, right. I think that early, early in the show like probably in the same main event or whatever else you're going to get the Tam versus uh, Utami match after it's already been laid clear that Utami is mathematically eliminated and then you have them go to a 20 minute draw and then after that you have Mayu come out challenges uh, Tam for the for the white belt and go from there I don't know why they decided to do Zomayu. I think things probably got fucked up with Julia. They probably, looking back at it now, it seems like they probably really were going to put Julia into the final. Um, (laughs) But that's where we are. Um, Also one thing of note, like Azumi has ended the tournament on a hot streak. She beat Takumi um, in an awesome match. I ended up giving four stars flat on that. And that went like less than nine minutes. (laughs) Um, Beat uh, Konami, um, you know, obviously has the win over uh, Shuri earlier in the tournament, and is looking to you know close out like by winning three match singles matches in a row. That can kind of be a setup thing to where Shuri wins, wins the uh, wins the red belt. That could be a first challenger for um, Shuri. Um, there are going to be a lot of challenges. Like regardless, of whatever happens with this, leaving out of Osaka jo- or leaving out of this tournament you're gonna have a whole bunch of shuri and takumi and utami face each other over this red belt and it's gonna be fucking fun so i love it so i love like, it you know regardless of what i feel like they they screwed up with this red block because of you know obviously the julia thing screwed them up but like they protect the people they protect the matches and key matches that you know they're gonna, they're gonna do so um it's gonna be fun and like i can't wait for I can't wait for Sakumi versus Shuri. That's just gonna be a blast. It really is. Yeah. Um,
4: that's that, and that's this Saturday, right?
1: Yes, that's this Saturday. Uh, before we started the podcast, I had uh, about a half hour before. I had sent the in over. <laughs> i had already sent the in over, so uh, I already I already got that locked in. I didn't want to forget by tomorrow. I just went and did that, and um, yeah, man, just gonna it's gonna tough it out, and then get up and, and watch the shit, and it's gonna be fun, um, and like it will now be my second successful year where like I did not get spoiled on a, on a grand Prix final,
4: man, uh, Murray bone turn your, your podcast off. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys, uh, for, uh, listening to the show. This is a little long one, but, um, yeah, lots of, uh, hard work on this on this one feel free to lay a donation down for your boys make sure you uh you're taking care care of us with the shares the likes the retweets the comments the ratings uh as as bomani would say uh you know under four stars i'm inclined to believe you are a hater um (laughs) but uh yeah
1: yeah
4: uh Uh, brian downson kenny omega run it back can't wait (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah thanks for listening y'all be sure to raise on a wrap you're uh, using to listen to this with if you are listening over podcast uh the the twitch folk we already got your listen son so um <laughs> be sure to uh go to red circle drop us off for the donation if you feel like it also uh go to prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex and pick up some official social suplex network merchandise uh and also check out uh the shows the network this show One Nation radio On Tuesdays, uh, keeping a strong style. On Wednesdays, Rick and Clive wrestling show. On every other Wednesday, Grumman Watches Shit. On Thursdays, The Grave Consequences Podcast. On Fridays, 8-Bit Suplex. And on Saturdays, All Things Elite. Oh, also, uh, another one. On Sundays, Great Mass Generator. I didn't forget about it.
4: For sure. For sure. And, um, if you guys want to hear this show live on Twitch, uh, just start joining the uh follow me on twitter like i'll send a link out when we're recording uh, and also it'll i'll also put it in the discord page as well so uh, the more people spread the word amongst the listeners uh we'll do the twitch thing you can do live comments and uh, live donations however you guys want to play it um you know so we're gonna go ahead and uh kick off some new shit all
1: right y'all thanks for listening later
4: yep peace